Blog Talk Radio.
Father, first and foremost, before we move on with this prayer, let us all, in Jesus' name, just lift up Brother Sammy Mwangi with Pipes International, for they are moving into some exceedingly dangerous territories on the earth. Father, we pray that your angels, powerful and mighty, Father God, will surround all of the workers, all of the ministry workers that are moving into Lahore, Pakistan. Father, in the name of Jesus, we realize that they have some earthly assistance and security details. However, this is arguably the very worst part of Pakistan for any Christian to reside. Anyway, Father, we just ask you to send down uh, teams of angels, Father, on a search and destroy mission to stand guard, to look uh, at, you know, to ferret out all attempts to come against them, Father. We declare your holy fire around them in the name of Jesus, and we just pray for your divine protection, and that many souls will be saved, and not a one will be lost. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Father God. And Father, we praise you for the days that we are in right now. We thank you as we progress ever so uh, steadily uh, to what appears to be, um, you know, a forthcoming uh, surge. I will call it a surge because I definitely know it's not the end, uh, not yet. Uh, And uh, Father, we just praise you for all the things that we're seeing happening, the progression. you know, albeit in some cases it seems a little bit slow, but then we wait a couple of days and things pick back up again. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will anoint us with a, a supernatural word of wisdom into our hearts that we do not become deceived uh, by, uh, you know, so much of the information that people, you know, really want to do a good job. They, they're trying, and they're, but they're just unwittingly putting out information that, uh, well, kind of distorts the timeline a little bit. Father, we lift up all of our fellow brothers and sisters 
who are unfortunately, well, deceived by the Seven Mountains mandate stuff and a lot of the, the, the our brothers and sisters who would otherwise be very awake and aware and at the absolute ready have uh, slipped into a state of philanthropic complacency. And Father, we just need as many of our brothers and sisters that you would be willing to wake up to be awakened. We need as many of the people that are borderline or sitting on the fence or marginal Christians to wake up. I see them in my daily uh, walk. Uh, I see them in my workplace walk. I praise you for the opportunities to allow me to stand on holy ground and be able to witness to them. I thank you for opening the hearts and minds of so many people. If it's if I'm seeing two or three sometimes in a single day at work, that, that's got to translate into thousands upon thousands of people that, uh, that, are, that maybe are marginal Christians, fence-sitting Christians, that are awakening to the days that we are in right now. And Father, we just need everyone's eyes, ears, heart, soul, spirit, uh, everything, Father God, to be uh, awakened to uh, the, you know, where we are. They don't have to know exactly where we are in the Bible, but they definitely need to know that Jesus is coming and that the time is winding down. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you will place upon each of their hearts uh, as you awaken them. I pray in Jesus' name, especially those who are lulled to sleep by the n- nonsense of the pillow prophets that David Wilkerson warned against. And Father, just all all of them. We're just lifting up every one of them, Father. You know, even those that are that are in you know highly deceptive uh, practices and religions and whatever you want to call it, Father. We just pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit will come upon them, that they will be awakened. We pray in the name of Jesus that a reality will hit them, just like it did, uh, just like is spoken of in Job thirty-three, fourteen, and fifteen, that you would come upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. We pray and we bind before the court of heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Acts 2, verse 22, blood, fire, and vapor, smoke, and all those that call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let us plant the seeds now while the uh, while while the the happenings around the world make uh, fertile soil. We also pray in the name of Jesus for your uh, living water, your crystal river, to enter into the hearts and the minds of all of those, Father, that you wish to reach. We know that you would want not one to perish, and we just pray this down upon every one of us, uh, every one of our fellow brothers and sisters, Father. Father God, because we don't want to be presumptuous. We want to be humble. We want to be obedient. We want to do exactly what we were asked to do by our Lord Jesus, by setting the example before Peter, if you love sheep, times three. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Be glory, power, majesty, dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I was having a little bit of uh, weird, uh, you know, intermittent uh, audio breaking up uh, on my end, but Sister Vera said the sound was good, so praise Jesus. We'll just move forward uh, and uh, not be concerned about it. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. All right. We want to be able to get – there's a lot of word to put out. I, there, You know, it. the problem is – the complexities associated with the information warfare that is taking place across the world, particularly as we grow close, you know, it, it, if Russia had it their way, there wouldn't be a World War III. But we're pushing real hard, and we are we are also highly vulnerable to false flags. Um, I tried to explain this uh, to my niece, and I hope I think I did. I think I got through to her pretty good. It's not Russia that we have to be worried about. It's Obama and Biden setting off the ground-based nukes that they already have placed in Seattle and San Francisco and San Diego, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, Washington, D.C. They need they need to blow Washington, D.C. up so the succession list is gone and PDD-51 can go into effect or national security. They change it over to National Security Directive Number 51 for the continuity of government, by which then they will put Obama back into the office of the president. Because, um, of course, you know, everybody pretty much knows the state of Biden. So anyway, um, I, I have a few predictions I'm going to bring forward tonight. I'm going to also give some guidance uh, as best as I know how to do. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm definitely going to be right because First Corinthians 8.2 says, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. All right. Now, that being said, I'm always at the ready to be wrong. Praise God. But a lot of times I've discovered that things that I've written even 11 years ago were to, did come true. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, do we wait until 2024? Is, is Are things going to break super duper bad before then? Or, you know, we don't know. We just don't know. Um, well, what we do know is that our Heavenly Father relents. Okay, so if you use your New King James or your Amplified Bible, do not use the King James. You will fail at this search. If you use the New King James, you can search on the word relent, R-E-L-E-N-T. The King James inappropriately um, uh, uh, translates it to the word repent. God doesn't repent for diddly squiddly, all right? So, but he will relent. He will change his mind. And we know this because there are several stories in the Bible whereby he did. All right, I'm not going to go into all that, but um, uh, God changes his mind. He calls audibles. He's, he's keeping the devil up. You know, there are people out there that you know, it's endless. It'll never end. It'll never end. There are always going to be people that that will believe that they can predict when the rapture is going to occur. And I, I, I call boulder dash on that. Okay, simple as that, especially because there are war footing dynamics, spiritual war footing dynamics, I believe, beyond any shadow of a doubt, between our Heavenly Father and Satan. He did, our Father doesn't want Satan. Satan is, to, is in the courts of heaven. Satan has not been cast down to the earth yet, as it says in Revelation 12. This, these things have not happened yet. Believe me, when those things happen, anybody that's still on the earth, they're going to know it. 
Okay, there's going to be so many alien, fallen angelic beings all over the place. And no, I don't think they're going to come out of the ground like some folks do. Big, gigantic, 30-foot giants and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't. Have I heard testimony from people that have been on uh, very large mothership, very large motherships? Uh, and, uh, and without getting into the details, uh, whereby they stated that they there were giants on you know, on those ships. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to get into details. Um, that I believe. But, you know, this nonsense, I, I, I just, you know, no, I don't believe that they're going to come, like, you know, smashing their way out of the ground, you know, like the aliens did in War of the Worlds and, you know, from the, you know, from that movie that we just recently, but anyway, that's a great, very apocalyptic movie. And by the way, uh, 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 Sister Barbara from God Sealer 7, a uh, long time ago, had a vision and she saw the same weather patterns, lightning strikes, the, all the news media, per, you know, people just, you know, chattering about it on a worldwide level. So it, I, I'm not so... Uh, I, I I will withhold adjudication, but I certainly would not at all be surprised if that comes true, because there's going to be so much of the, the missing link really in understanding your Holy Bible properly is understanding the alien problem. All right, we'll just leave it at that. All right, so I, I'm just, just I, this isn't a show about that. I I'm not doing that particular topic tonight. I could, uh, but I I just don't have time because we have too much other stuff that's pressing. We need to get people ready. We need to keep people at the ready associated with the things that are happening right now, which, by the way, are absolute, like reading the newspaper, fulfillments of Revelation chapter 6 and the Olivet Discourse, okay, which is Mark 13, Matthew 21, I'm sorry, Matthew 24 and Luke 21, praise God. So really, you know, if you were going to say, gee whiz, I just can't think of anything to read in the Bible, well, I could more highly recommend the Olivet Discourse, again, Matthew 20, 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, read it. I would recommend reading it like about 12 times. Uh, and then, of course, you would want to reflect immediately back over to Revelation chapter 6. Now, if, if you struggle with the metaphors, I can tell you that the second seal, as far as I can tell, it's a red horse, and we're dealing with a red army, and we're also dealing, you know, and that's the Russian army. We know that God, uh, you know, allows Russia to uh, burn down uh, with nuclear, thermonuclear war uh, from the submarines. Uh, submarine launched, uh, look, A.A. A. Allen saw it, Dmitry Dudeman saw it, Henry Gruber saw it. It's inevitable. Okay, plus it's in the Bible. All right, Revelation 18 also, this confuses people, but Revelation 18 is actually kind of like a uh, Martin Scorsese flashback kind of a thing. Uh, because you know that because in, in Revelation chapter 14, you see the angels flying overhead and they're going, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen. So it is a past tense thing. We also know that that happens in the day of the Lord. And we also know where's the day of the Lord? It's right in the middle of the sixth seal. And the sixth seal is just chuck full of all kinds of judgments and all kinds of horrible things, including stars that fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind, which, by the way, are the same stars that are mentioned in Revelation chapter 12 when the dragon is cast out of heaven and his, you know, and he, well, his fallen angelic beings come with him. All right, he even uses the word star, which is a metaphor for the fallen angel. Now, all right, all that stuff being said, uh, Revelation 18 actually happens in the middle of, of the sixth seal, which is between verses Revelation chapter chapter uh, uh, 6, verse 12, 13, 14, uh, 15, right in there. That's also where the three days of darkness is, okay? The sun turns black as sackcloth of hair, okay? You need to know that. Uh, well, hopefully you don't need to know it, but it is good to know because, we, you know, if you're, if, you're if you're striving, and I hope and I pray in the name of Jesus that every single 
listener of this show is striving to be part of the barley harvest. Um, and, and really, you know, you want to go through your processing now. Pray out to the Lord with all of your might uh, that if there's anything that isn't the way it needs to be in your walk, in your life, or whatever the case is, you got to do that now. Uh, you you, you got to you know be you got to be put through the refiner's fire. Okay. Um, for example, if you read uh, in the encyclopedia about barley, barley uh, does not need to be milled, uh, uh, you know, uh, before you can use it. So the barley harvest counting of the Omer, the Shavuot, uh, Pentecost, that phase of the multi-phased rescue mission, the three different raptures that occur, which are known as the first watch, second watch, and third watch in Luke 12, uh, verses 35, 36, 37, 38, and there. All right, that's, you know, we want to be part of the barley harvest. All of us should be doing what we can, and really, the the greatest contribution you can make to the kingdom, far better than handing out flyers, far better than grabbing megaphones, far ba- better than trying to slap somebody upside the head with your Bible, which is very ineffective, is prayer. Okay, the, the mistake that Christians make quite frequently, uh, I've made it myself sometimes. Oh, gee, I've tried everything. My, I guess I'll just pray. That is a absolute upside down understanding of what the Bible tells us. We have the power of Christ. We have the power to move mountains. We have the power to do uh, incredible God. We can call down the angels, call down the holy fire of God. There's amazing powers that we are given through. And again, it's in Ephesians, Ephesians 3.20 is just one of many, many verses that underscore this. Uh, Luke tw- uh, 10 verse 19 is another one, uh, and uh, you know we and when when you realize that you have that power, that that changes everything, and that's one of the reasons why I harp on it so much because uh, you know it, it it's the it's Satan don't want anybody to know it. He does everything that he can, of course, to keep us from figuring out the power that we wield. And then, of course, we all sit around in the corners because we don't know we have the power. And we say, oh, Father, please help me do this and that. When we should be saying, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I command you demons of darkness to drop. Drop the weapons. Drop the weapons. We don't need any earthly weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. All right, amen? All right, so that's just how it is. We take our cross to the top of the hill. We don't need any of that. We have the power. Thank you, Jesus. And the worst thing that can ever happen to Christianity, which is exactly what has happened to Christianity by and large, is the fact that they think they live one foot in in the world and in the earth, and they live the other foot partially, if anything, maybe a shoelace on the other side. And we need to be more 100% spiritual or 99% spiritual and 1% earthly. All right, praise God. We've got to flip that around and accept the fact that we are Jesus on this earth. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me, and if Christ lives in me, that makes me exceedingly powerful, and if, and if the Holy Spirit resides within me, that makes me part of the Godhead. Hallelujah, and that is some serious power. Praise you, Jesus. All right, now, all that being said, kids, are you ready to go? we got a lot to get out tonight. All right. Okay, kids, let's get you some jokes here. You always like that. Okay, here we go. Kids, what's the best thing to put into a pumpkin pie? All right, think about this, okay. No, 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 Spanky. It's not nutmeg, although that is important. Uh, but come on, kids, what's the best thing to put into a pumpkin pie? Tink hard. Teeth. <laughs> 
Ah, the timing of that, boy. I, boy, they better not mess with the prices of pumpkin pie. If I have to pay like 25 bucks for a pumpkin pie, look out, people, please, in the name of Jesus. Kids, did you like that? Yeah. All right. If you have Instacart in your town, now, if you got to drive to the store, you're stuck. Sorry. But if you have, if you live in a relatively decent-sized metropolitan area and you have the ability to use Instacart to get food, um, try using Instacart and see if you can send, see if you can find a local large grocery store chain or something that they service in your area, and type in uh, whole turkey, whole, you know, turkey, okay, whole turkey, and just see what you get. If you find any hits where they have, they're showing up whole turkeys on their Instacart catalog on live on the web, people over to the store to get you some whole turkeys now because they are going to go up to $150, $160 a turkey if you can get them at all. So get ahead of that one if you're like me uh, out of the out of the show uh, a Christmas story and you're like uh, what did they call that that guy a Turkicanosaurus or something I don't know whatever but I'm like I'm kind of like him in that regard the only thing I don't have is the bumpkus dogs trying to break in and steal my turkey all right praise God thank you Jesus but we're gonna you know bumpy times ahead folks bumpy times ahead get your turkeys now while you can all right hallelujah and that by the way I am not hired by Purdue to make this commercial all right praise Jesus thank you Father I don't even and take any ties or offerings or nothing. No contributions. Don't want nothing to do with it. The reason why I do this program and have for 11 years and over 5,000 programs is because the Lord has asked me to. I've We've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth many times. And, um, you know, guess what? He always wins. <laughs> which, which, by the way, is a good thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So all that being said, I'm going to try. I'm going to be out of the out of the office. Now you can see corporate America getting stuck into my brain. Oh, I just want to rip it out with it. Anyway. But anyway, this Wednesday, I will be in Phoenix. I have to fly all day Tuesday and all day Thursday to get there and come back. Um, uh, I'm going to try to get up a if, if I fail at getting up a best of show, please forgive me. I'll try to work it out. It's really hard. I got to juggle. It's just like a gazillion things. But anyway, um, not to mention that I I'm not even sure where my best of shows are because I had to switch over to the new computer because of the lightning strike and all that other stuff. So whatever. I'm gonna keep on working on it. And if I if I can figure it out, I need to figure it out. I need to where they, know where they are. The problem is I'm dealing with terabytes of storage and I don't know where they. I kind of think I know where they are, but I'm not absolutely sure. I think they're underneath the music section. Because I was using iTunes. I don't know. I have to go back and figure it out. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Kids. All right. Kids, what was the turkey drummer in the band? Well, I'm sorry. Why was the turkey? Uh, why was the turkey? Aha. Uh-huh. Why was the turkey the drummer in the band? Hmm? Hmm? Because he had drumsticks. <laughs> so if you go to a re- renaissance with uh, festival with your kids uh, sometime this fall, kids, don't forget to get one of those big old turkey drumsticks. Right, kids? Okay. All right. Praise God. Kids, what do you get when a, when, when a turkey lays an egg on top of a barn? Huh? What do you get when, it, when a turkey lays an egg on top of a – are there turkey eggs? I have never had a turkey egg. But there must be, right? Don't all poultry do the egg thing? 
I don't know. So do velociraptors. Kind of weird. All right, uh, kids, what do you get when it, uh, the turkey lays an egg on the top of a barn? An egg roll. <laughs> right, kids? <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, my gosh. There's even a couple more left for later. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Now, because this program, uh, because, you know, it's with uh, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh and Brother Zen Garcia. Oh, yeah. You know what? I usually send Zen kind of a special reminder email, and I didn't do that today. Dag Nabbit, let me just do that real quick because sometimes he gets just full. Um, hope you can make it tonight. And God, uh, oh, all caps, all caps. God. Oh, come on, John. Learn to type. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I got to do 50 things at once. All right, whatever. Uh, and uh, God bless you. All right. Uh, he may, I don't know. I'm trying trying to juggle a gazillion things. I, I've got some people that I, I'm helping at work and they're workaholics and they work all throughout the weekend and I got to like jump in and answer emails, which I hate to do because I believe in work-life balance and it doesn't exist anymore. Because why? We're, well, look where we are. All right. Now I'm going to play this for you. I don't know how much of it I'm going to play. It's 22 minutes long. The other problem is, but what this is, is this is Judge Napolitano uh, doing a relatively high-speed interview with Scott Ritter. And I've told you many times, I hope, now you may not have heard it because everybody doesn't listen to every show, but Scott Ritter list right now from the Ukraine and who knows who else. Okay, he's ex-CIA, U.S. Marine Corps, was very high-ranking. He was the also a Russian expert. Okay, that was his job. In other words, if if the Joint Chiefs of Staff needed to know if Russia was a threat, that was his specialty. Well, he went awry in the eyes of the military because he he said, you know, he stood up against the weapons of mass destruction debacle during the Iraq thing. Of course, that didn't win him any brownie points, and so anyway, so he retired, but he's still, and of course would be, one of the world's most renowned uh, Russian war experts. He understands Russian. He understands how they think. He understands how they move their troops. He understands why they move in, move out, that, you know, all their war tactics, their doctrinal wars, uh, their their weaponry, the, the, the uh, immense superiority of their weaponry. Two R's. He understands all of these dynamics. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I've got a lot of other stuff I want to get out, but because Joy and and Zen are will not be joining us, you know that this is standard procedure for us when we have Joy and Zen join the call uh, or join the show, and they're going to be joining us as they always do between nine and ten. So that gives us uh, gives me a little extra time to share more with you, which you know, doesn't happen that often. All right. Praise God. And uh, so I just want to go ahead and share as much of this. Now, the other bad, not bad, but challenging thing is that Napolitano's uh, YouTube channel, um, it's called Judge Napolitano dash Judging Freedom. Okay. And he's monetizing it, which means that it's going to interrupt with commercials, which of course for for me to replay it on the program it makes it kind of awkward. But anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and, and hit hit the play button right here and let you listen to this because it is the it's the best minus the commercials. It's the most concise to the point 
Scott Ritter explanation of what's going on right now and the likelihood of what will be happening. And I, I agree with him. And I know people over there. I, I've, you know, uh, people that are, you know, I, there's one in particular that I've been friends with for wow, 10 years and she's born and raised in Odessa. Her mother's still over in Odessa. She has been chased down the road by these Azov Nazis. She, you know, they, they wanted to kill her. You know, she speaks Russian. It's just, so I, I think I think all of us are sick and tired of being lied to. So I'm just going to go ahead and play this uh, little Scott Ritter interview. Now, Napolitano doesn't really seem to listen to yourself. You, you'll be able to pick up on it. So let me just hit it because I want to make sure we get it done. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, October 7th, 2022. It's about five or ten minutes after two o'clock in the afternoon here on the east coast of the United States. You can see who our guest is. Scott Ritter, of course, needs no introduction to the Judging Freedom audience. His background in the U.S. Marine Corps, particularly in military uh, intelligence, is well-known, highly regarded, and well-documented. Scott, welcome back to the program. Just Thanks for having right me. Off, thank you. Right off the bat, given all the conversations we've had about this, can Russia lose this conflagration with Ukraine? Anything's possible. I mean, you know, if there's total corruption, total lack of competence, uh, inability to mobilize, uh, all the Russians wake up in the morning and forget how to walk. Um, yeah, they could, they could theoretically lose this. But as things currently stand, uh, with the fact set currently available, no, Russia is going to win this conflict. Um, you know, as, as I've told you often, Throw the calendar away. Russia doesn't operate based upon the artificial realities of time. They operate on the accomplishment of tasks. And as, as we, again, previously spoke, uh, it was clear from September to the Russian authority, it was clear to me earlier, that they had insufficient resources to accomplish the task. They are now in the process of accumulating those resources. And once they do that, um, they're going to finish the mission. That mission is demilitarization, denazification, destruction of the Ukrainian military, the elimination of the Zelensky regime, and pretty much the elimination of Ukraine as a modern nation state. Um, I'm, I'm not gloating over this. It's not an outcome that I prefer. Uh, but as an, a professional intelligence analyst, if I were briefing the President of the United States on down, this would be the conclusion I would give them, and I would be able to articulate exactly why this is going to happen. All right. You said, All right. The, elimination, you said the elimination of Ukraine uh, as an independent nation. Do you mean the the destruction of the government, the total takeover of Ukraine, or do you mean the neutering of the government so that it's no longer aligned with the West, but the only territory Russia wants is what it maintains has been Russian all along? There's a difference between the elimination of Ukraine as a nation state and Russian territorial acquisition. I personally believe that Russia will probably acquire four additional uh, provinces or oblasts in Ukraine that are dominated by Russians today. That's Odessa, Nikolaev, Nepepetrovsk, and Kharkov. Um, no, no, no. Kiev is, a, is, is separate. Um, but the Russians have said that they will accomplish all of their stated objectives. Nothing has changed. One of their objectives is denazification. And President Putin, in his most recent speech announcing the uh, mobilization, called the Zelensky government a Nazi regime. And I'm a simple Marine, math isn't my forte, but two plus two equals four. If you call the Zelensky government a Nazi regime, 
and your policy is denazification, that means mission is not accomplished until the Zelensky government is removed. What does he mean? What does he mean by a Nazi regime? Is there a Holocaust? Uh, against the Jews? What, what does he mean? There's a Holocaust against the Russians. There's a genocide against the Russians. The genocide has been ongoing since 2014 when the Ukrainian government uh, forcefully evicted Viktor Yanukovych, the legally elected president of Ukraine, replaced him with a government that was dominated by right-wing people who embraced the ideology of Stepan Bandera, a Ukrainian nationalist who fought alongside Adolf Hitler in World War II, who killed tens of thousands of Jews slaughtered hundreds of thousands of Russians in Ukraine, uh, Poles, I'm sorry. They passed laws banning Russian language, banning Russian culture, basically banning Russia. If you replace the term Russia from the existing Ukrainian laws and inserted Jew, you would have the same legal foundation as Nazi Germany in 1930s. Okay, let's get back to your observations about the Russian military. Uh, if you read... Believe it or not, I'm just letting you know that that really annoying distortion that you hear in the background. Uh, I listen to a lot of Scott Ritter work, and I'm just letting you know those are, believe it or not, that's distorted uh, sounds of his yippy dog. He has one of those little yip, 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 yippy dogs. And uh, one of the reasons why he has it is because they are, you know, they're, tr- they're trying to kill him. And so he got it, you know, he has a yippy dog there because he needs a yip dog that will give him a really, really, really early alert that someone is trying to come in and kill him, you know, like a black ops or whatever. And he know, he's, he's an expert on this stuff, and he knows how to scan his car for bombs and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I just want to let you know, it's not it's not the computer systems doing that. That is just the distortion of his yippy dog going yip, 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 yip in the background, and it's not coming through uh, very well, and it sounds like a distortion. So anyway, we'll continue. Read mainstream media. Big if, if you're, if you're concerned about the truth. You get the inescapable, inescapable conclusion that Russia's army is no longer invincible. Is that a rational conclusion from what we've, we've observed in Ukraine in the past two months? No, it's not a rational conclusion. The rational conclusion is that Russia had insufficient source, uh, resources for the task. You can't have a 1,000-kilometer front uh, manned by 30 to 60 men per kilometer, in some cases, 15 men per kilometer. Russia didn't have enough men to accomplish the task, especially when NATO and the United States infused Ukraine with tens of billions of dollars of equipment, provided training, et cetera, allowing the Ukrainian military, which Russia largely destroyed over the course of the summer, to be reconstituted in a more modern, more capable form. Um, you know, but the Ukrainians have burned out their reserves uh, they, they, you know, in the in the recent fighting, the Russian casualties probably high uh, number in the high hundreds. The Ukrainian casualties, according to Ukraine themselves, are 20 to 50 thousand dead and wounded. So, how you turn this into a Russian defeat is beyond me. <laughs> now, is this effectively a de facto war of NATO and the U.S. versus Russia? Yeah, it's a proxy conflict. I mean, the one thing that's lacking is direct uh, NATO American boots on the ground with American, well, there are guys wearing American flags, but officially wearing uh, the, the, the American uniform fighting for the United States. Um, but the, the bottom line is the army that Ukraine is wielding today is a NATO army. It's not a Ukrainian army. It's organized, trained, equipped by NATO. It receives instructions from NATO. It receives intelligence from NATO. The logistics are provided by NATO. It's a NATO military. The uh, Guardian of London is reporting 
that not only is the CIA present, but that U.S. special forces are present in large numbers. I don't know what that means So uh, on Ukraine. So my question to you is, if U.S. special forces are there, what's the, the minimum that would be there? Do they go out in groups of six or in groups, in groups of 600? I've been saying that the U.S. special forces have been in country since um, April, and I'm correct. Um, I mean, now, now the news is caught up, and they're saying, yes, there's a presidential finding that's done that. We pulled out the CIA and we pulled out uh, special forces uh, in February when the uh, invasion took place. And in March, we, they were still not there. But once the decision was made to supply this materiel, uh, U.S. Special Forces returned for two functions. One, to facilitate the covert um, uh, routes that would be taken. I mean, there's a reason why Russia is not blowing all this stuff up at the border when it comes over. That's because the United States is carried out a very concerted effort to break these things down into packages, get them across the border, assemble them covertly in warehouses, get them forward deployed to the units necessary. This is being done by United States Special Forces. Uh, they're also responsible for overseeing the integration of this equipment, communications, and the intelligence with the um, Ukrainian forces. The Ukrainian forces are using these um, iPads at Special Forces it's a technique developed in Iraq and then later on in Syria where we provided these iPads, uh, capable of secure communications, to forward deployed Iraqi forces and Syrian forces so they could receive direct intelligence feed and communicate back to their special forces handlers. So their special forces teams in Ukraine who are communicating directly with Ukrainian commanders on the front, sharing intelligence and tactical advice with them in real time. That's what they're doing. So what you have just said, uh, what, what the Guardian reported, even going all the way up to a presidential finding, meaning Joseph R. Biden himself signed an order authorizing and directing this. Surely President Putin knows it. Why, why is it that no American has been injured, harmed, or, or captured? They're not even wearing uniforms, are they? Uh, I would hope they're not, but um, I don't know. Uh, generally speaking, they don't. Generally speaking, even when uh, Joint Special Operations goes in in a situation like this, they'll be wearing civilian clothes, uh, operating under some sort of cover, whether it be a contractor or some foreign uh, cover. If the Russians know this, and the Russians are actively targeting it. We don't know that we haven't suffered casualties. Generally speaking, in covert operations like this, when Americans die, um, it's reported as a training accident or um, you know, somehow it's, it's, it's hushed. We don't just acknowledge that an American died in Ukraine uh, in, in a covert operation. So who knows, you know, if we've lost anybody, who knows that the Russians are deliberately avoiding targeting Americans out of concern of uh, escalating this conflict? Um, I don't know. But what I can say with near certainty is that Americans are on the ground operating the manner that I've articulated to you. Russia knows about it. And Russia's factoring this into their response. I believe that the Russian response is this. There's no need to kill an American operating 50 miles behind the front lines when all we have to do is destroy the Ukrainian forces, Ukrainian slash NATO forces that are in front of us. That's where we get victory. We don't get victory by killing an American. We get victory by destroying the Ukrainian military. And I think the Russian focus is on that, not on scoring some political points by killing a, a, a JSOC or a CIA person somewhere in Ukraine. 
All right, back to my uh, former question, and, and I guess this is an unknowable number unless you know it from your own experience as to how these special forces work. Do we have any idea how many American boots are on the ground? Are we talking about five people, 50 people, 500 people, 5,000 people? We, we don't know. Generally, something like this uh, would be handed to, uh, on a scope and scale of this, uh, you might see a Delta squadron being given this task. That's 60 some odd people backed up by some JSOC assets. So you're probably looking at a couple hundred uh, people operating in Poland and over the border. I don't imagine these guys stay long in Ukraine. I imagine they go in and out. The CIA could probably have another uh, 50, 60 guys doing the same thing. Um, maybe the CIA staying in a little bit longer. If this thing's really gone big, then we're going to bring in um, the, the, the Green Berets themselves, the guys who specialize in this kind of uh, uh, activity. They might be sheep dipped as uh, CIA paramilitaries. Uh, there's a, I don't want to get into it, but there's a way to do that. And so, you know, we, there's the potential of hundreds of Americans rotating in and out of uh, Ukraine. All right. I'm going to cut it off at that point. You can go and listen to the rest of it. We're halfway through it already, but I, I wanted to add some things because there's a few things, believe it or not, that Scott Ritter is not. I've tried to send him things, but he locked, he, he locked down for many, many really excellent reasons. Now, all that being said, <clears throat> um, if you use Telegram, you can uh, connect to the channel and, and you can t first, if you want to, connect to the channel it's simply called Scott Ritter. Right now, he, you'll, there's other people that try to copycat him, but right now he just has a little cartoon green army man on his icon. So you'll know that that's the real Scott Ritter channel. Now, there's that. Then there's also um, the Intel Slava Z. I've mentioned this many times before on the program. And the Intel space Slava space Z channel, that's... That's the channel where they are taking videos, uh, live videos. I don't know how this guy knows who he knows, but he's definitely, I, I would assume, as he's, he's very covert, but I believe he's Russian. And um, he's, he, he's got a lot of contacts, obviously, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. And they're, they send him video. And then there's some commentary. Sometimes the commentary comes from the people that are on the videos. And then it, it'll be translated into English. Uh, so you can read. It, it's endless. I mean, it's literally hundreds and hundreds of posts a day. So it's very difficult to keep up with all of it. What I can tell you is this. The one thing that maybe Scott ha is unaware of is what I have been watching with my own eyes. Okay, so what we have over there is not just special forces that are on the back end of it that are sanctioned by the U.S. to do what Scott is mentioning, but there's more than that. What they have are ex-special forces, which are essentially active special forces, because what, what they do is they move into what's called a mercenary role, and, that's, and these are contract for hire. So this is like Blackwater, the craft. These are American military specialists. In fact, they're very, very good. There's a lot of movies that use them, and it's very true. Now, all that being said, I have personally seen on the Intel Slava Z channel where Russians actually, for the most part, if you you know when you when you really know you're going to get the goods on them, uh, you know the, the the foul play that's going on, uh, 
is when the Chechnyan soldiers come in, because these are the world's greatest uh, urban combat um, aficionados ever. Uh, so if they do a landing in the United States and you see guys with big is- Islam beards and military outfits heading your way, start praying. <laughs> Okay, because these guys are unstoppable. They were the ones who, and 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 oh, by the way, just so you know, just as an FYI, every single time there's a bomb that goes off near a nuclear power plant, every single time there is any kind of a bomb or missile or salvo of any type, an explosive, whatever, that happened that that hurts a lot of civilians and blows up a you know a building, like, especially like a medical facility, whatever. That is the Nazis. Just so you know, that is always 100% of the time. It is uh, the Ukrainian Nazis, the Azov battalions. These these are they they've got you know swastikas tattooed all over their body, and they uh, they're doing it on purpose. These are false flags. And then of course CNN runs a special the next day and says, "Oh no, look what Russia did!" And it's just the biggest lie the West. But see, here's the thing. Let's Okay, so now I'm going to move a little bit further through the show notes because I want to get to the meat, and then we're going to move through the rest. But before I do, I want to, I want to just share with you that there are two TV programs, uh, movies, movies, that are on Prime, Amazon Prime right now for free if you have Prime. And I do highly, highly recommend that you watch both of them particularly the one called Zero Days. And a special shout-out to um, West Coast Walter for hooking me up with that one because um, I knew a lot, you know, working in cybersecurity, I know a lot about Stuxnet, but, boy, I didn't know all that stuff. That is some amazing stuff. And um, evidently, uh, they even mention and they talk about the – so the Stuxnet was made up by that, – that isn't the real name. It's called Olympic Games. This is the actual name of the Stuxnet, the real one. And then they have um, the uh, the worst one, which is Nitro Zeus or NZ. Nitro, like nitroglycerin, Zeus. NZ is so bad that it will it, – it allows the United States Cyber Warfare Team to basically press a button. It can't be recalled. They can't say whoopsie-daisy. Once it's loose, it's gone. There's no recalling it. And uh, and they have the ability to basically completely destroy an entire country. Okay? What made Edward Snowden angry is that – and made him do what he did was that he discovered that uh, Nitro Zeus, or NZ, was installed on our allies' systems. Now, now NZ is really, really horrible. Okay, we're talking about it's going to take down their their water reclamation plants. It's going to take down their power plants. They're going to be complete complete blackout. Cellular phone systems are going to go down. All safety systems, nine one one systems, all of that stuff. It is going to completely. It'll it'll be like worse than a Carrington event. Okay, a really really like te- Carrington times a hundred. Right, they're going to go black. The whole country, and that and we have those injected all over the world. All right, just so you know. So right now, you know, I'm not going to get into all the details, but if you want to learn more about this, you can watch Zero Days on Prime. Next is you might be interested in watching Third Eye Spies. Third Eye Spies. Now, um, these are the remote viewers. Um, I will 
uh, you know, you can consider it to be ESP, but I, I believe, you know, pretty much that what we're dealing with here is uh, essentially, um, you know, what happened with um, Saul, you know, where he went and sought a medium, you know, because when you, when you, you know, these are godless people. Okay, I'm I'm sorry, but they are. They're godless people, and uh, you know. But but the point is this: the the United States uh, people in power, CIA people in power, et cetera, black ops people in power. Even while they were proving that they could do amazing things in the United States military with the CIA, there were too many people, you know, in the United States that were saying, ah, that's a bunch of hocus pocus, dominocus. I don't believe in it. And eventually, they they. It, unless it's been given another name and went deeper underground, which happens a lot, by the way, um, they eradicated the primary program. Now, why do I bring this up? Because you will discover when you watch this movie that Russia has been using these guys for a really long time, and they treat it with the utmost of respect. They also use, uh, you know, it's heavily, 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 multi-million, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars or rubles of funding, uh, and, uh, you know, they can see stuff. Okay, now whether it's, you know, good, bad, indifferent, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, ESP versus demons, at the end of the day, they use it, which means that they know more, far more, about the United States than, than anybody in the United States thinks they do, which I suspect that Obama knows about as he's pulling the WEF global reset strings and having the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Biden walk around and, you know, in its uh, dementia state and destroy the United States, which we all see happening. So when you look at the four seal, behold a pale horse, what you will discover is it says that a quarter of the quarter of the world or whatever gets involved. Now, if you look at the West, the West is made up of the European Union. It's made up of the United States, made up of Australia, New Zealand. You know, you could throw a couple other countries in there and make an argument that they are arguably part of the West, but there have been some prophecies that indicate that some of them might turn when things get ugly, like Japan, et cetera. Now, at the end, uh, you know, and we don't know. We don't know what's going to end up ultimately happening, but we know it's the fourth seal. That's when things really break bad. But we are, but but see, the thing is, again, Jesus snaps all of the seals on the scrolls. He can snap them all at the same time. But the scrolls and the content of the scrolls roll out in parallel. That's why we're seeing the global financial collapse in play right now. That's why we're seeing Putin shaking the hand of the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and cutting a deal to cut back on 22 million uh, barrels of oil so that uh, the United States uh, gasoline prices jump up to $8 a gallon. This is all in play right now. Okay, It's much, much worse than what I've touched upon thus far. And it's kind of like a gigantic snowball rolling down Mount Everest and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But Mount Everest is very tall. It's going to take a while for that snowball to get. But once that snowball hits, oh, boy, it's going to be real bad. Anyway, all that being said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I just wanted to get you indoctrinated a little bit with uh, Scott Ritter, Intel Slava Z, another one you want to grab off of, uh, uh, on your uh, Telegram. Telegram can be installed on your PC. Uh, it can be installed on your phone. Um, if you're Apple, it's probably controlled, and uh, you may not be able to get it. And sorry for you. Um, but anyway, uh, Android users, as far as I know, it's still available. Uh, and one, another one that you want to get is news, colon, Ukraine, comma, Russia, 
comma Donbass. Okay, so what that is, is that's like Sputnik and RT put together on steroids, and they give you all the details, okay? So you don't get three-quarters of the information. Yeah, it's all there. All right, and then Intel Slava Z is like you're on the front lines. And I've watched the Chechnyan soldiers go in, and they're very vocal about it. And it's not just the Chechnyans. The other ones, the other Russian soldiers do it too. They uh, they always do. They they go into the they bomb they bomb 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 bomb, and then they take out all the tanks and all the you know all the all the all the heavy artillery. They, and of course, naturally, while that's occurring, they're taking out the Ukrainian soldiers. Some of them survive, and then they they don't kill them unless unless they're Nazis. And then they will execute them. But anyway, um, and they know because of all the swastikas that they have all over their face and their arm and everything like that. But the regular army, they don't, they don't, they they feed them. They give them four hots on a cot. All right. So anyway, um, unlike the Ukrainian soldiers who will uh, remove the reproductive organs of the Russian soldiers and hang them from a meat hook to die on the side of a uh, wall. So we're talking about some. This Ukraine is so. St- Thinking, seeding evil, people just cannot even get their arms around it. Zelensky is one of the Jews that are not Jews. He's not a Jew, but he plays the game of a Jew. But anyway, the whole thing is, it, 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 Ritter, I love him, but I'm just saying, they're going to mow over the Ukraine like, you know, like an angry little kid who got mad at his little green army man that goes out into the dirt hill that he built and just stomps him, stomps him into the dirt. And Ukraine will be no more. That's my prediction. But anyway, another prediction regard. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying. All right. Um, also, uh, just so you know, in regard to uh, – it's right along these uh, – oh, I got that in the wrong place. Maybe I'll go back. Okay. Predictions. These are my predictions for what it's worth, and i got to move quick because I see the clock ticking away. Regarding the midterm elections, why, first off, why are they important? They're important because right now we got Obama controlling Biden that we know because we've seen it that he is a shape-shifting reptilian. Now, and Obama of course is part of the whole Bilderberg World Economic Forums, Klaus Schwab who's like one of the world's biggest overt Nazis you could ever want to find. Um and and I I wrote an article back in 2011 entitled The Rise of the Fourth Reich. That was even before the book came out. All right. Um, because, you know, the FEMA coffins, uh, come on, the, the incinerators that all the counties have, you know, to save you from pandemics, those are, that, that, it's just a mock-up of the uh, death camps. We have them all over the – they're all over the West. Now, one of the things I think it is important to, to consider – and again, why is this important to consider? Well, because most of us want to have some sort of an idea how long we're going to be here. I do. It's, but again, it's just some sort of an idea. What we can, you know, because God has given us a hint at the end of the third seal, which is a global financial collapse. Okay, remember, second, the second seal is God gives a sword to, it's a red horse, red army, red horse, red army, red horse, red army. God gives a sword to the red horse to go out and conquer and kill. Hello? Think, McFly. God's not trying to play a trick on us. It's right in our face. 
All right, third seal we already know is in, in, in it's in action, heavy duty in action, and it's going to come raining down on the entire world, including the United States. So when your turkey comes out to $155, if you can get one for Thanksgiving, that is part of the third seal, which is basically a global financial collapse, and it even uses food. It says, you know, uh, of bar- barley, you know, or whatever uh, is uh, a denarius, which is a full day's worth of pay. But at the end, it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, which means that the bride of Jesus Christ, all three iterations, first watch, second watch, and third watch, are going to be here on the earth. So our flight, our flight cannot take off. Our rescue mission cannot happen if, if my understanding, which I'm 99% sure is accurate, God wouldn't speak in generalities. He was letting us know that we're going to be here through the end of the third seal, at least. Okay, and that's providing that you have been refined enough, right, that you don't need any more refinement, e.g., you know, wiser virgin, right? And you don't need any more refinement. You don't need to go back and get any more oil. You, you're already doing what, what God wants you to do. You're, you're lined up. You're, you're, you're productive. You're, you're, you know, you're not, you know, the, you know, the parable of talents and rewards, you know, side by side with the wiser virgin. Okay, so anyway, I, I, I just wanted to get that out there. But here's what I feel. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be, go down like this, okay? I've been wrong many times before. But this is my prediction. They have not gotten rid of the Dominion voting machines, okay? They're still out there on floors. They're, all the things that they should have corrected, and when I say they, the GOP, the Republicans, the Supreme Court, and yada, 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 goes on and 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 on. But anyway, all the things that should have been corrected before the midterms, they haven't been corrected. All right? I'm just letting you know. They haven't been corrected. All right? Now, yeah, there's some new voting laws, and yeah, they're not going to be maybe you know taking as many drop ballot boxes and that kind of stuff in certain places. But at the end of the day... There, we have absolutely no reason to believe that this so-called red wave will work. It doesn't matter that every angry Republican in the entire country shows up at the, you know, at the voting booths. It doesn't matter. If they're manipulating the Dominion machines remotely, if they're doing all that stuff, which you can darn well believe that they will be, then it's completely irrelevant how many people show up to vote. And the only reason that Trump bypass that whole control thing. And the only reason we saw CNN absolutely, utterly shocked, and they were saying, Hillary Clinton is one, Hillary Clinton is one, Hillary Clinton. Then he woke up the next day and it was like, they're all looking at each other like, okay, something went wrong here. We're in bed with George Soros and Klaus Schwab and we're helping them with the, and we're getting paid off by the tune of millions of dollars. We knew that Hillary Clinton was going to win, but it was Trump. What happened was they got broadsided. They're not going to let that happen again. Okay? So it is my prediction that the red wave will fail. It is my prediction. And listen, I'm a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20. It says we, uh, our citizenship is in heaven. Okay? In the book of James, it says that if you are friends with the earth, you are at enmity with God. So I am not from here, and I I'm not staying here, and I hope that that is your, how you feel as well, because if you don't feel that way, you better examine yourself, because you're not really where you need to be, okay? Friends with the earth is, why would you care? We're leaving. 
to, you know, we're leaving this place. And the only reason you pay, pray for your government, you know, which is mentioned in Timothy and also Romans 13, is because you want to be able to live a peaceful Christian life. That's really what it's about, so that you can touch people's lives, bring them to Jesus. Now, so the red wave will fail. The mid this is my prediction. The red wave will fi- fail. The midterms will fail. The anti uh, the you know uh, uh, Obama Biden uh, group will continue to much more aggressively destroy the United States because right now they're kind of playing the game. You know, wow, well, you don't want to rock the boat too much. Come on, ha- everybody, keep your heads down. Blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff because of the midterms approaching. Um, you know, there is a little bit of there. There's always a possibility. You know, we don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But I, you know, they haven't fixed the, the voting machines. There's a ton of stuff they haven't fixed. All right. Um, then, if I'm right about that, and the Obama Biden uh, uh, affiliation of Saint Satanism. Uh, much more aggressively steps up the destruction of the United States after the failure of the midterms. Then the FBI, in partnership with a highly corrupt Department of Justice, will then arrest Hunter Biden at the same time that they arrest Donald Trump. Okay, And so by doing that, they would send the message to everybody, which would be a lie, that, um, hey, they're, you know, just doing the right, just thing. I mean, after all, if they're going to, you know, take Joe Biden's son and arrest him then, and arrest Donald Trump at the same time, it sends this message that they're being fair and just, which, of course, we all know is a lie. All right. And then uh, then ultimately Trump gets taken out. That would fulfill the prophecies, the many, many hundreds of them that show him in a coffin being taken away. That would trigger civil war, which, of course, was seen by Dimitri Dudeman and many other prophets, uh, breaking out in the central part of the United States and then spreading across the country. To what degree civil war? You know, again, we're just going to have to wait and see, but it's going to be bloody. It's going to be horrible. Or we wait until 2024, Trump runs again, and there's more fraud, and this whole thing just drags on ad infinitum, which, of course, to me would be like you know ripping my spleen out with a shrimp fork, but that's okay. We have to be prepared for it. All right, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and we move on. Next up, uh, now we're heading into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh... All right, praise God. Here we go. Okay, headline, Hunter Biden report says, uh, Hunter Biden, colon, report says that the FBI has enough evidence for persecution. There you go. So there you have that all set up. Um, And and do you think Biden's even cognizant enough to have any idea any of this is going on? Hopefully not. All right, anyway, uh, the next headline is... Former United States attorney predicts a prosecution of Trump after a new report. And we can go on and read that and blah, blah, blah. But all you got to do is say, type into Google, type into DuckDuckGo, preferably DuckDuckGo, prosecution Trump. And you'll have plenty of articles you can read that give you all the little details, you know, up to the minute. 
All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, of course, he's out there. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. God is in control. God calls audible. God relents. We will wait and see. We have, you know, there's no guarantees here, but I'm just sharing what I see. I do, I do not, I just cannot imagine that um, there was, there's any way possible that uh, the progress that's been made by the darkness will be hindered. Because <clears throat> God allowed it in the first place. Okay, God is in control. It's in Ecclesiastes 7.14, all right? So if you know your Bible, um, and again, Ecclesiastes 7.14 is, uh, you know, it's it, this is the one that kind of puts the pillow prophet thing to rest totally. Okay, and, that's, and, and that scripture reads, and I'll go ahead and read it to you, if my computer doesn't, uh, oh, doggone it, I got to get that fixed. I wonder if um, the people at... Um, here, I'll do it a different way. Uh, hold on just a second. Uh, I'll just uh, grab it through a browser. Ecclesiastes 7. There it is. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Here it comes up. Oh, it's, of course, it gives me the NIV. I don't like the NIV. Why does that always come up first? All right. Let me just see. This is the ESV. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take King James. That's fine. Whatever. All right, so it says, In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider, God also hath set the one over against the other to the end, that man should find nothing after him. Now, the New King James does a better job of uh, of it. It's a little more readable, but basically it just says that God creates good and bad. Buckle up. Which, by the way, is echoed by Jesus when he says it rains on the just and the unjust. So when the nuclear bombs are going off, you know, the ground-based nukes, just remember, there's millions of good Christians that are going to be going home. And God loves it. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Hallelujah. Oh, my gosh. And I'm reading over. I'm grabbing my... um, Yeah, I mean, it's just so many verses. It's just unbelievable. Um, Yeah, look at this. Isaiah 26, 9, for when your judgments are in the world, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That's a good thing. Psalm 119, At midnight I will rise and give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. Wow. Um, Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. It just goes on and on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I was hoping that the other one was going to pop up. Uh, better. No, no, no. That's good. All these are good. These are all awesome. I'd just do a show of my favorite verses. It would be about probably eight hours long. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hold on a second. Okay. Got to put those over where they're not going to fall. It's a big giant stack of some of my favorite verses. But anyway. All right. Next one up. And what this is, is this is a commentary. Uh, and it, you know, so I was sent something and, uh, by uh, Tatiana. Uh, she's the one that was born and raised in Odessa and all that. And she's you know, got the inside scoop. Her mom's over there now. Um, anyway, uh, and let's just go ahead and read it. All right. I'm going to zoom in on it because I want to be able to read it easily. <clears throat> all right. Praise God. Hold on a second. Here we go. All right. So she forwarded me some intel. Um, from Mike, the health ranger, says one intel source is telling me that NATO is preparing nuclear weapons to attack Russia. Another intel source is simultaneously telling me that NATO is preparing to uh, a nuclear strike on the Ukraine, e.g. a false flag, to blame it on Russia and then whip up media hysteria, followed by an attempted first strike. Russia appears to be 100 percent aware of all of this and is standing by for an immediate launch of everything they've got. And he talks about some of the different, you know, Poseidon underwater nuclear drone, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing. Now, let me tell you why that ain't the case. 
The reason this isn't the case is because, first and foremost, the entities that are destroying the West, which is referred to in the Behold a Pale Horse, Fourth Seal of Revelation Chapter 6, they want to be in control of everything. So if anybody did, in fact, launch a false flag nuclear event over in the Ukraine, it would open up Pandora's box, and Russia indeed would be able to attack us. Un, and 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 then guess what? Soros loses control. The World Economic Forum loses control. Obama loses control. Biden loses control. All of these dark, seeding, shape-shifting entities that are – their goal is to destroy the West. We see it happening in real time. And, they're, and it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant how well it's being executed. And, you know, all in the name of, you know, stopping Russia from being bad, naughty, naughty Russia. Russia has absolutely no interest in nuking us. They just want us to leave them alone. Let them take care of what they got to take care of. Now, all that being said, they would lose control. So I can tell you that this is, this is no good, no good, bad intel. So, um, and, and I admittedly do have an advantage because I have the Holy Bible behind me. A lot of these pundits do not have uh, that going for them. They don't know their Bible very well. And the other thing is they also don't follow prophecy. They don't know about the A.A. A. Allen prophecy. They don't know about the ground-based nukes prophecies. Prophecies. They don't know about the Henry Groover uh, vision. Okay, They don't know about Dimitri Duneman and what he was shown. They don't know about that stuff. So they're just kind of operating with the source Sources, quote, sources, quote, sources, and you know what? It's all speculative, and it doesn't make any sense anyways. It, it just makes absolutely no sense because these entities want to maintain control. They want to collapse the United States. They don't want to have nukes raining down on their heads. Uh, you know, do you th- what do you think Klaus Schwab wants, you know, to be nuked? No. They want to maintain control. They want to destroy the country. They want to, you know, get everything ready for for the rise of the Antichrist and Satan. All right. So all that being said, I said, yeah, you know, I said uh, uh, these folks are way up high on the sky is falling alarmist list. That does not mean that I do not like them. Uh, but, you know, it's a very alarmist positions, you know, to take. I, I said there are a lot of people who I deeply love as brothers in Christ, but they get their information from earthly intelligence, which is very untrustworthy. It's laced with counterintel and lies from their sources. They don't know, you know, it, it's, you know, they, these sources might think they're giving them good intel. But that's not how the intelligence community works. All right, so it goes on, it goes, and this adds up to a lot of things that don't come true. But I will admit a nuclear false flag does sound scary and possible. However, I do not think Obama-Biden want to want this to happen because they are not ready for the counterstrike. Obama-Biden want to be able to use the ground-based nukes on the United States in their timing and when they are ready to do so. They do not want to bring Russia into the nuclear counterstrike mode because the Obama-Biden uh, – Obama-Biden cannot control Russia. Control is the key. All right, praise God. All right, next up, I'm going to read a little bit of Intel. Speaking of Intel, from Intel Slava Z. These are the guys that are right on the front line. And you know what? It it ain't anecdotal, man. (laughs) Okay? It isn't somebody whispering in somebody else's ear. Well, my grandmother's grandfather's grandfather's grandmother's Uncle Bill said. It's not like that. You get to see it. 
Like right now, I'm looking at heavy artillery on flatbeds being moved into position with the 300,000 conscripted men that they're lining up to get ready to mow over the entire country of the Ukraine using what Scott Ritter refers to as Russian doctrinal war. No special operation, no being nicey-nice to nobody. When they come back in, it's going to not be pretty. But they also recognize that the vast majority of the people that are innocent and, you know, and, and unfortunately a lot of non-innocent people have already left. All right. And if they, you know, and, and they're also, you know, it's a long story, but they, they last thing they want to do is have any harm come to, you know, some, you know, they're going to be, it's just the way they operate. I'm not saying that they're not without problems and they, they're not, you know, there isn't, but yeah. So compared to us, <laughs> they're an angel. And God knows it. That's why God gave him the sword to go out and destroy. All right. So anyway, uh, I'll just read some of the intel from Intel Slava Z. Uh, the first one here is um, it says it's forwarded from CIG, Telegram, Counterintelligence Global, France, CSV. It says um, that this, this particular dis- this station is in Gomel, Belarus, near the border in Russia a few days ago, training, hauling uh, Russian artillery, SPA, S3, 152 millimeter, ACT. Akatsia. Okay, so basically it's telling you what you're seeing on the flatbed trains. These are heavy artillery equipment. Then the next uh, inject is Intel Slava Z says uh, Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Pope Erdogan spoke to the, on the topic of a nuclear threat, uh, yeah, the threat of nuclear war and the need for urgent negotiations between the United States and the Russian Federation in the recent days. And this is very recent, by the way. This is like today at 2.33 p.m. Eastern time. I think it is. Now, anyway, it says as the parties gradually approach the borders of the territory of the Caribbean crisis remake, which they're referring to, you know, the Kennedy thing, the rhetoric associated with the need for agreements in the face of nuclear annihilation is gradually seeping into the political mainstream. They're talking about the U.S. And they're right. Goes on, it says, Intel Slava Z at 2.43 comes out with another post. Tomorrow there will be a meeting of the Security Council of the Russian Federation with the participation of Putin. Some sources write that supposedly there will be new personnel discussions. In addition to recent appointments by of General uh, Sorovkin uh, as commander of the SMO and certain adjustments of the SMO itself. Let's see. Next post. 2.43 p.m. It was almost immediately thereafter. The European Com- Commission is working on a bill that would allow the seizure of assets that fall under the sanctions against the Russian Federation and use them as contributions for the restoration of the Ukraine, according to Bloomberg. Next one up. Dmitry Medvedev said that a direct response to the terror attack on the Crimean Bridge can only be the direct destruction of the terrorists. Whoops, that's a pretty broad stroke. It's kind of like the Patriot Act. Uh, Medvedev called the emergency on the Crimean Bridge Terror Act, and so they're they're get they're all they're doing is they're collecting all their data, and then they're you know n- no guilt when they turn on the big. Russian doctrine war machine and mow over the Ukraine. All right. All that being said, that's all work in progress. All right. Next one up. Um, another. Uh, this was from Aussie Kosak. He finally got out of jail. Praise God for that. And he, he he's showing a video here of American HIMARS missile strike systems uh, on the Russian city of Kyrgyzstan, killing Russian civilians in a passenger bus. Then he says WTF WW3 question mark. All right? 
So a lot of people that don't have the benefit of the Bible and don't understand where it fits and all that stuff and don't realize that Obama-Biden are uh, working on behalf of the WEF to destroy the West, and they're doing a darn good job of it. When, when, you know, when you really understand who's who in the zoo, okay, and what their motives are, then all the, everything snaps into place. All right, next headline up. Hallelujah. Here we go. A desperate Putin could nuke six Ukrainian cities to try to win the war, according to Newsweek. That's a lie. He wouldn't do it. He had no reason to do it. It would be ridiculous. I told you why. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. The Telegraph reports the United States splashes $290 million on anti-radiation drugs after Putin ups the nuclear threat. Now, is Putin, is, is the military in Russia upping the nuclear threat? Did the Belgorod with its nuclear, uh, you know, um, oh, you know, torpedo and all that, did it get, yeah, of course, wouldn't you? Of course, absolutely. You want to do everything that you can do militaristically to keep the monkey off your back, which he already knows is, you know, it, he's got to up the ante because he's got to push him back. And believe me, when <laughs> if, you had, if you were looking at the intel that I'm looking at, <clears throat> NATO is going to run like a bunch of scared chickens. They, they don't have anything left. They gave everything to the, the, that they had that was worth a darn to the, to the Ukraine at this point. I mean – the West is crippled, and one Samat II missile, even with conventional warheads at hyper, you know, at um, you know, hyper speed, is is you know, with uh, multiple uh, independent reentry vehicles. I think it has like eleven or twelve. Um, take out every single uh, NATO headquarters location in the in Europe. One missile. You know. So anyway, uh, next one up. Hallelujah. Here we go. Washington Post is lying about the Kremlin turmoil, according to Moscow, which is true. It's absolutely a fact. They're lying. All of them are lying. Everything that, we're, everything that the West is hearing is a lie. As a matter of fact, the West isn't even hearing about the fact that the West itself is rebelling against the West. <laughs> okay? I know. And, and you're like, what do you mean? Well, they're rebelling against the, their inevitable demise because they realize they got taken advantage of. People are waking up. Next one up. Putin is going to hold a Security Council meeting on October the 10th. That would be tomorrow. And they didn't specify if it was just going to be to talk about blah, blah, blah. You know, so they're speculating. Probably going to be the whole enchilada, if you ask me, because I know there's no doubt. There's no doubt. We know what's coming. All right, next one up. Ukraine, and don't forget about the Vilna Gaon, uh, um, the Vilna Gaon vision where uh, Russia mows over, mows its way not only across the Ukraine, but eventually right down into uh, Turkey, and then ultimately just goes right into Istanbul. So Scott Ritter's right. Once they, once they get their, their ducks in a row and all their equipment lined up, and, and by the way, that 300,000 men, that doesn't even include their 25 million men that they have on standby on, as National Guardsmen that they can call up at any time. And their equipment is infinitely – I mean, hyperbaric bombs, really? I mean, come on, folks. I mean, we, we don't have any of that stuff. Not that we didn't give it away, too. All right, next one up. 
Ukrainian special services ordered, concocted, and carried out terror attack on the Crimean Bridge. So a truck went over. They're still investigating it. They think that the driver died, but they're not really sure if it was set off remotely and blah, blah, blah. But at least Russia's trying to look into it. It says this was a terror attack, uh, you know, uh, for for the purpose of destroying a critical Russian civilian infrastructure. Oh, and by the way, you will never hear this from the West. It's already back up and running. Okay, I've I've seen the cars going across. Of course, you know the one lane got taken out, but I I dealt with that with the Howard Frankenstein Bridge here in Tampa when they were doing some repairs on it, and it doesn't really ha- it, it yeah it slows traffic down a little bit, but they still got everything's moving, food's going in and out. They're uh, they got heavy cranes over there and they're pulling off the train. All that smoke was coming from a train that was carrying oil products, you know, petroleum. And uh, what happened was when the truck exploded, it caught the train on fire, and they had to they, they dropped uh, water on it from above with helicopters, got it all, and now they're just lifting the trains off the track. So evidently the tracks are fine. So anyway, so it's 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 nothing like the West is telling us. It's, we just get pumped full of lies, like what a hundred times a day. Anyway, next up. Trump blames Biden for the Ukraine crisis and accuses the United States of taunting Putin. <laughs> All I got to say is, wow. It's not normal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Wow. Wrong. It's not normal. This is disturbing. How right you are. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. NATO is not obliged to assist Ukraine, according to the German ambassador. So finally, the Germans are looking at everything and they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not making sense. Talk about being a uh, Deutschmark short. (laughs) What is that? Uh, A day late and a dollar short? A day late and a Deutschmark short. Okay. All right. Next one up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Food, energy, housing. True German inflation is currently at 56%. Just remember that when uh, the European Union collapses totally, that's going to be like a financial tidal wave that washes all the way across the Atlantic Ocean and just crushes the United States. And by the way, the United States is already well on its way to sinking like a rock. But you know, not quite there yet. So a lot of people are still oblivious. Next one up. Germany reportedly dis- deploys police military to probe the Nord Stream blasts. Never mind that they already have, you know, radar footage to prove that it was, you know, and then Blinken comes out and says, you know, so, so Germany, what's Germany doing? Hmm? They're going to get their own evidence. They're going to drop their own, you know, uh, Navy SEAL type people down there. They're going to go down and take a, take a look at the damage. They're probably going to assess whether or not it can be fixed because they realize they got hoodwinked by the entity that it refers to itself as Biden, <clears throat> you know, under instruction by its puppet master. All right, next one up. German, German army has ammunition for only two days of war, according to their own media. Two days. Gave it, gave it all away. Like I said, a day late and a Deutsche Mark short. It's a pretty sad situation, really, when you think about it. No wonder Jesus said you are entering into the beginning of sorrows. Boy, I don't know what I don't know where we are on that particular progression, but it sure seems to me like we're pretty far along heading into it. Oh man, if it gets any worse, I mean man. Mm-mm-mm. But but we know that it will. Next one up. 
unthinkable number of mercenaries gathered at Zaporozhye. Okay, by the time this whole conflict is over, Tatiana will be saying, you know what, you're really pronouncing, uh, you know, uh, Ukraine and, uh, and, and Russian towns very well. <laughs> right now, i got to like, it's almost as bad as like, you know, Iceland. It's like, except Iceland puts like 27 consonants together, and then they're actually able to, how do you do that? I don't know. I'll have, I, don't, I don't get that stuff. Sometimes I wonder if some of the... You know, folks from the land of Canaan kind of, I don't know, headed up into the Nordic areas. And it doesn't mean, I don't know, I just, it's so much, it's something, I don't know. But if you know anything about Finland, Norway, Sweden, stuff like that, those areas, man, they are very devoid of Jesus. So when you find somebody from that area, and I know one uh, person that, Brother Dan, who does a lot of the music that we use on a prayer vigil, uh, he's awesome. He's full of Christ. And I I miss him. I haven't heard from him in a while. But anyway, praise God. Next one up. Italy announces winter heating restrictions. So, again, they're already establishing restrictions. I haven't heard anything uh, horrible from Spain yet, so I just sent out a a feeler to a sister uh, there who lives in Majorca. She'll give me an update on what's going on there soon enough. Um, Next one up. WorldNet Daily reports Polish households burn, by by the way, WND got pushed off of everything and now if you're a subscriber directly to them, you'll get their emails. But now they're um uh they are uh on uh Trump's Truth Social. <laughs> okay. Because they got blacklisted. Polish households burn trash to stay warm as sanctions on Russia backfire. And all I gotta say is you're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Praise God. Next one up. Municipal officials rally in Poland against soaring energy costs. Okay. What this is really talking about is that, you know, now they're not rioting, but there appear to be an untold number of people in the streets with signs, with flags. I mean, you know, I I could play the little audio. It just sounds like a lot of people fussing about and stuff outside of one of their, what looks like maybe a parliament building or something. But they know. They know. Next one up. Taiwanese Defense Ministry says China sent 22 aircraft and four vessels into the Taiwan Strait. So we send one. One little destroyer goes putt, 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 and they throw a big fit, and then they send 22 aircraft and four uh, uh, warships in. So they're, you know, it's like, hey, you know, my sword is bigger than your sword kind of thing. All right, next one up. Praise God. United States lawmakers want to punish Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Why? Because Putin went over and said, cut back on your oil production. Yeah. And they are. And is our... Uh, Gas is going to go through the roof while it's already underway. All right, so buckle up. All right, praise God. Next one up. Al Jazeera News uh, reports that Paris gas stations, they call them petrol stations, uh, run dry amidst total energy's refinery strike. So it's not as, it's not bad enough that they have a serious shortage of, of the fuel, but then they have a lot of people that are working in the business striking, which, by the way, and that news is coming up real soon because we're going to weave this all together for you. we got plenty of time. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and take a look here. Yes, 
Next one up. Praise God. All right. North Korea fires more missiles. Eight in two weeks. Eight, a total of eight missiles in two weeks. You think they're trying to send a message? Well, if that ain't good enough for you, the United States is another headline. The United States, Japanese, and South Korean warships perform missile defense exercises after the North Korean test. Let me read this to you from the article. The two United States warships, the guided missile cruiser, United States uh, Chancellorville, and the guided missile destroyer, USS Benfold, both part of the, listen closely, United States or the USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carrier strike group participated in an exercise along with Japanese and one South Korean destroyer. And let me tell you what, there's nothing that I'll make, you know, Rocket Man get mad. And that's, you know, it's, it, and, you know, he's obviously testing all the resources that he has so that he's ready to, he, he's, he's planning for an attack. I mean, come on, we already know. I mean, Dr. David O'Rourke in 2010, we still have the audio where he was shown a vision of the attack that sinks a United States aircraft carrier and uh, sends an unlimited barrage of missiles directly into Seoul, which isn't too far away from the DMZ, actually. All right, praise. And remember, again, the war is never over. It's just a ceasefire, which, by the way, that's about to end any second now. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Iranian leaders hold meaning as protests in Iran enter their fourth week. And this all started over this uh, over this young 22-year-old girl who got killed because she wasn't wearing her burqa or whatever properly. And so they did what they do and slaughtered her. And everybody said, "We've you know, enough is enough. And, of course, they're trying to say, ah, oh, well, this is, you know, this is obviously the United States is behind it. And you know what? Quite frankly, I'm not so sure that isn't true. All right, especially because we have Nitro Z. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Nothing to lose. Iran's protesters step up their defiance as a potential shutdown looms. And if you'd see some of the uh, photography of the event, by the this is American military news here. Um, wow. That's all I can tell you is wow. <clears throat> you think the tractor, uh, the tractor stuff up in Canada was noteworthy? Yeah, sextuple that, and that's what's going on over in uh, Iran. I mean, there it's like BLM on five, you know, on on like you know jet fuel. Okay, they are mad, and they're setting fire to everything, shutting down huge freeways, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. Oh, and by the way, that is the United States hegemonistic modus operandi. We like to, uh, you know, cause riots, and then we dethrone the moolahs. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And of course, because they are a direct ally of Putin. Oh, my goodness. What do you know? Looks like they're killing two birds with one stone. That is a metaphor. I love birds. Next one up. Praise Jesus. Ebola is back. United States to screen passengers that are coming from Uganda. But wait a minute. There's a bunch of other countries in Africa that are scared to death that these, you know, that it's already spreading into their countries because people are refusing uh, treatment. They're leaving the treatment facilities. They're saying, uh, you know, forget about it. I don't want nothing to do with you. And they've got, you know, active symptoms and yada, 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 yada. What is this going to turn into? We don't know. But it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. 
The perfect storm has arrived. According to this headline, famine, war, chaos, and a cold, dark winter. By the way, all these things were prophesied not only by Jesus, but by other people who had seen bits and pieces of it uh, in prophecies, dreams, and visions that we've had on this show over the last 11 years, praise God, many of which I printed out and still have copies of in my terabytes of storage that somehow survived the lightning strike. Must have been God's will. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, uh, it, it goes on to say the United Nations World Food Program Executive Director David Beasley is saying that the perfect storm has arrived. Now, which, by the way, quite interesting. Famine, war, chaos, cold, dark winter. Who, who all saw the cold, dark winter coming? Padre Pio for the three days of darkness. Ceremonie, uh, that was back in 50 and 51. And then you had Ceremonie's vision from 1979. Both of them saw inc- increasingly horrific cold winters killing a lot of people. Why would they kill a lot of people? Maybe because they can't turn on their heaters. Next one up, praise God. And if my hunch is right, neither will we. Chicago ship owners canceling sailings. Listen to this. I'm sorry, cargo ship owners. You know, the big Maersk liners and stuff like that. They're canceling their sailings as there is a worldwide trade flip-flop from backlogs to empty containers. Empty containers. Next one up. New York Times, mismanagement and monster trains have wrecked American rail. The United States averted a national freight rail strike a couple of weeks ago when the Biden administration stepped in to broker a deal between the rail companies and their union employees. Rail workers have not yet ratified the agreement, and the strike is still on the table. According to the Railway Trade Group, a shutdown could cost the economy more than $2 billion a day. Amongst the disasters that could ensue, power plants would lack the coal that they would need to produce electricity. Water treatment plants would lack the chemicals they need to provide clean water. If the companies don't come to an agreement with the rail workers, eventually grocery shelves will go empty. You heard it here first on the Charlie Frost Show. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. World Net Daily. Record high prices expected for Thanksgiving turkey as inflation soars. <laughs> Say no more. Next one up. Protest held against Bill Gates, Adar Punawala, over the deaths taking place, uh, you know, because of the COVID vaccine. So, you know, and how many people are going after them and blah, blah, blah. And then you just, it, it, here's the problem. They're buying everybody out. Okay, so like to just give you an idea how bad this is. By the way, you'll learn a lot about this if you watch Zero Days because they cover a lot of that in there. You'll learn some extra stuff that you'll be like, hey, I didn't know that. Um, but like I wondered to myself, what happened to The Guardian? You know, they seem to go to the dark side, but yet they were on the good side when they were helping Snowden out and helping him with his ex- escape and the release of the information. Oh, the Guardian has become a major recipient of massive donations from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Follow the money every single time. 
Next one up. WorldNet Daily, CDC data. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sought medical care after the COVID vaccine. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sought medical care after getting the COVID-19 vaccine, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, uh, with a report that was released on October the 3rd. Some 782,900 people reported seeking medical attention, emergency room care, or hospitalization after they got their vaccinations. No surprises here. Next one up. Scotland to investigate mysterious newborn deaths. The mortality rate for instant, uh, infants under one year old in Scotland has reached its highest in 10 years. Now Scotland is set to investigate the mysterious newborn deaths. Child mortality. How, how about, you know, putting in jail everybody that insisted that they had to take a vaccine in the first place? How about that? Next one up. Florida officials, Hurricane Ian has turned electric cars into ticking time bombs. I've known this about electric cars for a very long time. Um, But anyway, there are tons of electronic vehicles disabled from Ian, and those batteries corrode. Fires break out. That's a new challenge that our firefighters haven't had to face before, at least on this kind of a scale. And it says there's tons of electronic vehicles disabled from Ian as those batteries corrode. Fires start. That's a new challenge, yada, yada, blah, blah. It goes on to explain that um, it says, oh, and these fires will burn for days. Other individuals can be heard saying in the video before the first individual explains to the firefighters, have a good water supply. They're, you know, and I'm, if you're running, you know, uh, in, even a hybrid with batteries in it and you have an accident, it might be a while before they get you out of the car. I just want you to know that. Those batteries are extremely dangerous to first responders. Did you know that? Most people don't because they never tell you. And by the way, almost invariably, they're not covered under warranty either, which and they cost like phenomenal amounts of money, but every, you know, whatever. All right, next one up. Number seven, Israeli national news. Arut Shiva says the Israeli defense force is put on alert as Israel refuses Lebanese demands. Defense Minister Gantz orders the IDF to prepare for possible conflict on the northern border as talks with Lebanon appear to be stalling. And this is about them putting out uh, oil drill, you know, uh, deep water oil drilling uh, platforms uh, in a part of the water that Lebanon believes belongs to them. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, that, wow, to my absolute uh, amazement, (laughs) I have uh, run out of headlines uh, for tonight. And um, I am thinking here, we still got about 15 minutes before we can bring on, but let me see. All right, um, I got to look over the call doc very carefully. Sometimes Dr. Joy calls in a little bit early, um, and I do not see her on yet. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, on that note, um, let me go ahead and see if there is some – oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, darn it. He turned it from a podcast into a – Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find this. Sometimes they do different things. Zen says, it looks like Zen responded. I I don't, oh gosh, hold on a second. Let me just double check. Um, Swipe to open. 
Um, all right. I'm going to have to open it all the way up. And, oh, okay. So he's in Vegas right now, probably doing a um, seminar or something like that. Um, so he won't be joining us tonight. And that's that's fine because um, I, 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 I mean, I always miss him, but... Uh, Dr. Joy is boy. You 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 get her going. Let me tell you something. She can fill the she'll fill up that hour so fast, it'll make your head spin. You'll be like, the hour's over already, you know. Um, as a matter of fact, if there's any chance that you, Dr. Joy, are out there listening to the beginning parts of the program and you want to call in early at, you know, uh, uh, I can, I'm watching the uh, call doc. So I'm going to just, you know, if you do call in early, I will I will bring you live. And then we can just, you know, get an extra 15 minutes of time. So I'll keep my eye on the call doc looking for your number. In the meantime, as I see if I can find... Uh, I gotta find it. Oh Lord, where was it? It was a blaze thing. Now somebody sent it to me. Wait, I think I threw it into the radio show section. I think I did. Let me see here. Let me see if I can find the blaze report. I wanted to. Um, I think I think what happened was. I think, I think what happened was, yeah, I'm not finding it. it was, I'm just, it's information overload is really what's going on. I even got an email from Ethan Rodriguez. It's like, okay, why do I have this? So I don't know if the Lord showed him something else, and I can't speak Spanish, so I'll just have to you know, wait until it comes out in English and whatever. All right, so what I'm going to do is let me just jump over. Oh, this is so tedious. Uh, let me just jump over to check in, check in the call-in doc just to see in case Dr. Joy was listening. Looks like not. Um, primary, go back to my primary. I will do a search. I will just type in, let me think, what was that? What was that? It was about, oh, I'll, I'll see if I can hit it just by searching on Blaze. Um, nope, contaminated water. No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Okay, so... I think somebody forwarded to me. As a matter of fact, I think it was Sister Mary Lee forwarded to me a Blaze article. So let me go down into the radio show folder. You wouldn't, you folks, you wouldn't believe the amount of data I have to deal with. It is fantastic. All right, so let me just type in a word Blaze and see if I got one linked to Mary Lee sending me it, and it looks like not. So. Um, it's just looking at the sender, which is unfortunate. All right, which means that I may not be able to do what I was hoping to be able to do because sometimes what happens is, is if you use your cellular phone uh, and you connect to something from the Blaze, sometimes you get to hear Glenn Beck actually do the podcast because the website can see that you're coming in on your phone. All right, and there was... Um, yeah, I'm just double-checking, but there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails here, folks. It looks like I'm not going to be. I want to double-check, squint my eyes and see if Dr. Joy called them, and she didn't. So anyway, uh, yeah, see, uh, there's too many. There's just too many. Pages and 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 pages. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Keep on hoping it's going to jump out of me because if I can get a hold of it, it is actually a very interesting listen, and I can use that to edify you with some very interesting um, 
statistics. Now, I could just share it with you, but if I could find – and it looks like I'm just not going to be able to. I, 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 Yeah, there's just too much – it's way too much information here. All right, so it delays excuses. Black, yeah. So let me – I can try one more thing. I will go to an open browser from my phone. All right, we're gonna, I'm just going to type in Blaze um, uh, two the number two things, and then uh, destroy destroy um, the U.S. All right, let's see if I get lucky. Okay, great divide. Blaze with us to nope, 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 nope. Okay, nope, absolutely not. All right, so it looks like I'm not going to be able to find that. So uh, I'm going to try to go with the web browser um, to theblaze.com directly. I'm just going to type in, type in, uh, go right for right for the meat and potatoes. Glenn Beck. Um, uh, oh, there we go. These two huge issues show America. Yeah. So it says the the most critical time in American history, these two huge issues, okay, show America is at the end of the road. Let's just go ahead and play this as we're waiting for Sister Joy. Hopefully it comes up as a podcast. Sometimes they block it after a while. So because he wants you to join, you know, Glenn Beck, of course, and why not? But anyway, here it is. Let's see. Thank you for being wide awake. Thank you for paying attention. Stu and I were just talking uh, off air, and he just said to me, you know, this, this, these aren't long-term plans anymore or problems. These, yeah. these are happening right now. It's really scary. I talked to Brian Riedel from the Manhattan Institute yesterday just about the debt. You mentioned it quickly as one of the problems, and it seems like it's way down the road. It's so not. We are, yeah, we are, it's not down the road. The government had an, uh, an opportunity to lock in our debt at 1.8% long-term. This is a year ago. Now, Brian, who's, who came on my show and said this at the time, multiple times, screamed about it, yelled about it. Nobody listened to him. We didn't lock in long-term debt. Instead, we basically stayed on the equivalent of an adjustable mortgage, right? Hey, we'll keep it where it is now. We don't need to lock it in. What if it goes down to 1.5? We'd be stupid to get it at 1.8. <laughs> so they kept it on adjustable rate mortgages. Now it's gone up to, I think, already 3.8. And again, to remind you, for each percentage point that these rates go up, it costs us $30 trillion over 30 years. So about a trillion dollars a year over every point. It's gone Mm -hmm. up two points already. We generally have been running a budget. Last year, it was $6.8 trillion. Um, but we only take in about $3 trillion, I think, when we're really going gangbusters. Um, you know, in taxes, we've been spending about four trillion every year. That means that today, today, just with the interest rates, we have two trillion dollars of interest alone. Yeah, we're not getting anything for that. No, it's important to understand. We've already spent that money, so this is just your rates going up. Half of the money that you pay for income tax, half of it, should go. To just pay the loan, just pay the interest on the loan. Money we've already spent. Correct. Years ago, maybe even decades ago. Mm -hmm. So your $2 trillion, they're not going to cut our budget by $2 trillion. They're not going to do it. 
They'll instead, if it's a $4 trillion budget and we have $2 trillion on top, we'll just take out another $2 trillion loan for the interest. This is how you get to hyperinflation. We must cut our spending. Time is that we are at the end of the road, gang. We're at the end of the road. This election is so important. By the way, you know, I just mentioned this, but I also mentioned uh, the U.S. Strategic Oil Reserves. Mm. Try this on for size. During the Trump administration, Trump had negotiated with U.S. oil producers to use shale to fully feel, fill the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve for $24 a barrel. Well, the Democrats went crazy, and they blocked that plan. Schumer bragged, going, yeah, you know what? We just blocked a bailout for big oil. $24 a barrel is what he had negotiated. Biden's Green New Deal policies have now effectively blocked all new U.S. oil production and imports since he took office from the Keystone Pipeline to issuing fewer new oil releases to exploratory permits on federal lands. He's done more than any president has done since World War II in the wrong direction. He has spent the last month begging OPEC, and especially Saudi Arabia, to keep OPEC production at all-time highs, okay? He went over there. They wouldn't even take his phone calls, so he had to actually go over and grovel in front of the crown prince. Now, the crown prince, remember, is the guy who they say killed that reporter, Khashoggi. And during his uh, campaign, he said, enough of Saudi Arabia. They killed Khashoggi, and that's crime. That's a crime, and we will hold him accountable. So now he's got to go stand or kneel at the feet of that guy. And what did he say? I'm really, really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. And if you would just, if you would just keep the OPEC production going, um, I'll grant you diplomatic immunity from U.S. prosecution for the murder of Khashoggi. You could open things up, and you could have the oil here. You could go back to the Trump deal, I'm sure, $24 a, a, a barrel for shale oil. You won't do it. So you will go to not only beg at the feet of Saudi Arabia, but you will offer him immunity. This was one of the big things that the Democrats wanted. How dare Trump? He's not going to do anything about the murder of Khashoggi. Oh, my gosh, he's a, he's a murderous animal. And the prince of Saudi Arabia is bad, too. And what does he do? Biden goes over and says, by the way, we won't prosecute you on that. And they still not only say no to him, they cut production by 2 million barrels a day. It's important to note, too, before this trip, they were threatening to cut it 1 million barrels per day. And then he made this trip. He begged them. He offered them all these things, and then they cut it by 2, mil 2 million barrels per day. Think about this. Uh, could there be a more incompetent person? than Joe Biden. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's doing it all in pur on purpose and he's very confident. I don't know. But he is, uh, he's not, he is not acting in the best interest of the United States or no. he's not capable of doing it. One of the two. No. You know, if, if Donald Trump were doing this or if anybody was doing it, anyone was doing this six years ago, 
would wouldn't I mean everybody everybody would be like whoa 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 you're you're wait you're arresting people who are praying and singing in front of abortion clinics okay maybe we're just going to ignore that but we wouldn't be go, going in guns a blazing with an FBI raid when it locally had been dismissed we would we would never put up with these gas prices we would have never put up with with Afghanistan and then mm. the politicizing of our troops we would never ever no democrat i can't say no democrat no traditional liberal would have ever said yeah double mastectomy for 12 year olds i'm good with that oh we got to cut his penis off yeah sure go ahead he's eight why not nobody would say that no one would say that and now we're apparently okay with it that's interesting you trust these people and you know I, I i i made a list today of the most important races out there and i wanted to talk to you about it Stu, because mm. you might disagree but i think the most important race out there is the fetterman oz race <laughs> and here's why i say that yeah not because i'm a big fan of oz i mean if i lived in pennsylvania yep i'd be voting for him but not a big fan of him necessarily uh but what does it say about the people in Pennsylvania that they will put a guy in who is clearly damaged? I have, you know, I have great sympathy in my family. My grandfather had a stroke. My daughter had strokes. I, I understand strokes, and I have great sympathy. But I wouldn't have put my grandfather into the Senate, okay? I wouldn't do it. I love him, love my daughter, but if you can't function like he can't in a quick uh, debate where there's lots of noise, especially at a time where the president is saying, yeah, we might be in Armageddon you know, soon. What time is it now? This is the most critical time in American history, and the people of Pennsylvania are even considering Fetterman? The Eagles are so much better than Eagles. This is supposed to be our greatest deliberative yeah. body. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know what it says to me? It, it, it says that we've given up. Yeah, if they, we, if they we've put given John Fetterman in, like, yeah. I mean, this is like we've, we've just – we've flushed it. We've pulled the yeah. plug out of the wall. We're waiting for the heart to stop beating. Like, this is over. We've just given we, up. We do not have a constitutional republic. That's why I think this is the most important one, because it says something about Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania voters. Really? You're that apathetic, that uninformed, or that much just past a republic that you're like, whatever, it doesn't yeah, matter. It's not an ideological split. In fact, no. you know, you'd look at Dr. Oz, and, if anything, and say he's not particularly ideological, right? Yeah. I, I mean, he was not... The guy we talked about is like, oh, we, this is a great conservative voice. We need to make sure Dr. Oz gets in because his positions on taxes are so important. Like, I mean, he's a good communicator. Uh, obviously, he's had a, a, a very accomplished career and has a lot of uh, things to uh, you could argue on his side. But like, he's not a guy that you'd say, oh, my gosh, we can't put him in because he's too conservative. That's not the there's no real argument. There. No, no. It's just you have he a guy should appeal to the 
middle of the road voter, the middle yeah. Democrat that is like, you know what, I don't want any of the crazies. He should appeal to those people. And then on the other side, you have a Bernie Sanders supporter, a guy, a, a guy who wants to defund the police, a guy who is on the extreme left wing of the AOC branch of the party. And because he wears a hoodie and is tall and overweight, we're supposed to just dismiss this. This is the ideological candidate here. When he can think, all he does is think like Marx. And we're going to put that guy in the Senate uh, at this time, at this time this when time. he's he's not even capable of doing the socialist shtick right now. Now, this this should tell you something about the Democratic supporters. He has doubled his fundraising record this quarter over last quarter. Doubled his fundraising. Fetterman. Fetterman. It's come in from all over the country. So there are Democrats who are paying attention. Oh, yeah. And they are sending money to that guy. All right. All right. Praise God. So we, we got we have Dr. Joy. She is called in, and we are going to bring her live right now. Praise God. Here we go. Praise God. Dr. Joy, are you there? Yes. Hi, John. How are you tonight? Hi. Doing good. Doing good. Um, Zen won't be joining us tonight. I guess he's in Las Vegas on some kind of a, a tour or something. But, um, oh, wow. uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah he, he just uh, texted me back and he said, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm in Las Vegas right now. So, um, and you know, he does those, you know, those like, um, I don't know. I don't know what you call them. Uh, you don't, conferences. That was the word I was looking yes, for. Yes, yes. Yes. But anyway, so this this is so. Um, anyway, I'm just going to go ahead and set you free. I mean, uh, I, you know, look at all this. I mean, you're certainly awake and aware and directly and intimately in tune with all of the things that are going on uh, around us right now, and it's enough to make anybody's head spin. And I just sort of like to go ahead and see. Uh, where this all leads as far as your opinion regarding, because there's so much, you know, some of the, the highlights, uh, you know, as you know, are, you know, Russian threats to, you know, nuclear war, what Russian threats, things like that going on. We've got a whole lot of military, very uh, violent type uh, live fire drill military operations with the USS Ronald Reagan task force over uh, right beside Kim Jong-un right now. We, as you know, I'm sure uh, Biden has successfully destroyed our relationship with um, uh, Saudi Arabia. So now they've uh, yanked uh, 200 million gallons of oil or uh, barrels of oil production. So our oil will be shooting through the roof right now. So, uh, the projections are saying something to the effect of possibly $8 a gallon on short notice. Uh, the uh, there have been major announcements uh, that are very, very, very public in nature, saying that there will be no turkeys available in the United States for Thanksgiving. So I've told people, if you're kind of like me, a Turkish 
Taurus, then you better go out and use Instacart and try to find some turkeys now because if you wait until then, well, you're not going to have a turkey. Um, but, you know, the another thing that was very significant is we got a report that, um, you know, what we had that, as you know, a humongous backup of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, ship, you know, uh, shipping container ships like the Maersk. Uh, ship, you know, ships uh, bringing in product, but they couldn't because there was the pandemic delays associated with staffing at the ports in Los Angeles and all that. Well, now we have the opposite problem. Now Maersk is canceling Maersk and other liners such as them. They are canceling their uh, journeys. They're just, uh, they have ships that are sitting there. They don't have enough product. There's nothing inside the shipping containers. Uh, that's where a, a, a very, if not the vast majority of the food for the United States comes from, including produce. Uh, we also know, as you know, uh, the uh, fantastic, just absolutely apocalyptic um, um, uh, drought that has been occurring in uh, in the Phoenix, um, you know, South Southern California areas for so, quite for so long that you really just I don't even know if you can quantify the beginning and the end, and um, and of course that's where you know the American grown produce comes from. So I, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We've got so many things going on right now, and uh, you know Ebola is getting a little bit out of control over in. Uh, uh, Africa right now, they've had some some 40 odd people or almost 40 die, and um, a lot of people just ran out of the hospitals, infected, and said, you know, we don't want to be here. They get they get afraid very quickly for good reasons, and then they uh, kind of vanish into the population. So, uh, last time I checked, Nigeria and several other borders are shutting down. Now we are doing the United States is now doing Ebola checks uh, on the incoming flights that are coming from that part of Africa. The question is, what about the other parts of Africa? Because we know, all know how that kind of stuff works. So anyway, um, the list is un- – oh, oh, and by the way, at the beginning of the program, just you know, just in case you, you don't follow these kinds of things, because I don't know every little thing that you follow, uh, but uh, th- all the information that we've received regarding Russia is a lie. There is no – Russia isn't even – there's n- Russia is – uh, at, at the situation at hand, um, they have built up over. They have conscripted over 300,000 troops. They are pulling in um, uh, so many flatbed trains full of extremely heavy and very powerful artillery, tanks, personnel carriers. Um, they have, as you know, weaponry that we would, the United States would only wish that they could create. Um, and thermobaric bombs, the list goes on, uh, nuclear torpedoes on the Belgorod, which they lost track of, I believe is being simply used as a threat because, uh, you know, as you know, these, these entities are control freaks. You know, they don't, they don't want to lose control, and the last thing they want is anybody dropping any nukes that would give uh, free reign for Russia to do an all-out assault against the West. Uh, as you know, you know the you know this notion about setting off a false flag and and giving this checkered flag this, hey Russia, you can bomb us all you want kind of thing. You know that is not what the, the what the World Economic Forum wants. You know they want to maintain control. You know, uh, they don't mind setting off their own nukes against us and blaming Russia, uh, but they don't want Russia 
just pressing the big red button, you know. So it, 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 it's kind of very difficult for most people to get their arms around, but I know you have a really outstanding, if not one of the best, fundamental understandings of, of the complexities and the paradoxical, uh, uh, you know, it looks like a paradox at face value, but when, as you know, when you know what their ultimate agenda is, um, then it, it's really kind of pretty easy to say, no, that's not right, no, that's not right, no, that's extremely unlikely, you know, and you have a pretty good idea of what's, uh, you know, what's getting queued up. So anyway, on that note, I just kind of touched real, at a high level on, on some of the stuff that's, that, you know, that, that we talked about in the pr- first part of the show, just to kind of get, you know, get your, uh, you know, your, your, your thought streams flowing, and I'm going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to you and let you go ahead and run with it. Oh, and I wanted to ask you something, your thoughts on this. One thing, and this is right up here, this is, I mean, everything's up your alley, but this, this, this in particular, I think, is something that you would find interesting to articulate on. But, you know, when you look at the time that Jesus was on the earth, and you look at the penetration of, you know, the apostles, and you know that uh, Paul and Barnabas had their little separation, and Paul went over, I think, into Rome or whatever, and, it, you know, there was a little bit of work done in Asia Minor, and then Barnabas, you know, they had a disagreement, and Barnabas headed in deeper into Asia Minor. But but at the end of the day, where I'm heading with this is that I've noticed that, and I've noticed this for a really long time, it seems like the further north you go, when you start getting into Norwegian parts of the world, Iceland, you know, Iceland, um, uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, the, you know, there's like entire swaths of the population that they don't know Jesus at all. As a matter of fact, they think Jesus, if you even mention the name of Jesus to them, they think it's a fictitious character out of some, you know, movie or something that, they heard about one time when they were 15 or something like that. So there's, I just wonder to myself sometimes, you know, you've got that dynamic, that Aryan blonde uh, predominant genetic uh, influence in those areas. And I'm not saying they're all godless and they can't be saved. That is not what I'm saying. But it does seem almost like, makes me wonder sometimes, the Gaelic areas, the, the Viking areas of the world, when you go back into history, it almost makes me wonder if, uh, you know the Philist- the Philistines, the people from the land of Canaan that survived uh, the uh, the directive of our heavenly Father to take out the land of Canaan. It makes me wonder the escapees, if maybe over the thousands of years that you know transpired, uh, a lot of them didn't might maybe end up heading north, and that's why you have so many countries up in those uh, in that part of the world that are awfully godless. I mean, they really are awfully, awfully, awfully godless. And I just wondered if, if you had put into thought any, any thought into the notion, it's a notion, uh, that maybe uh, some of the people from the land of Canaan that made a run for it when the Hebrews were going into clean house um, might have ultimately ended up heading north, uh, you know, and maybe, you know, founded some of those Nordic um, uh, colonies and such. I don't know. Just I was wondering why they're so devoid of Jesus. But anyway, um, God bless you. I want to turn the microphone over to you, and I will uh, I will go ahead and uh, uh, listen carefully to your thoughts on some of these things. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. Uh, listen, I love being on your show, John. I always appreciate so much the opportunity to share the research uh, with your listeners. It means a lot to me, and I can't imagine uh, not being able to do this with you. I, it's been going on for so long now. 
I guess, three, a little over three and a half years for us having this show. I hope that Zen is doing good and sure do miss getting to hear his sweet voice tonight. I know he is um, very in, in uh, demand for the information that he has as well, so I, I pray that he has a good trip and is very safe where he's doing those conferences at. Uh, they are planning to have a, a conference again, Ozan is, in I think it's um, March of next year, either May or March, but there is one coming back up again that I plan to be at, and so um, that's something that if your listeners are interested that we can be talking about as we get closer to the time that would be in Atlanta, Georgia again, and, and have some really good speakers there. In regard to what uh, you were talking about, John, you know, there's just so much going on, and of course... Just like you mentioned, I've been doing this a very, very long time. I mean, I started doing research on end of days. I mean, I was really doing it as a young child right after um, I really started reading about the book of Revelation and saw that it really matched the dream I had when I was six years old. So I've been trying to find pieces of the puzzle for a very long time. And today, as the things that you just brought up and mentioned, you know, these are things that I was talking about years ago when I first published my um, first editions of Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil, 666, and then my later editions in Beguiled, Eden to Armageddon, Volumes 1, 2, and 3, they're filled with information that talk about the things that we're seeing right now. And I know a lot of people wanted to know how was it that I was able to know about the things that are happening today, and I was writing, writing about them, you know, back in the early 1980s. But then the... Um, the study and the research that I've been doing for so long, when when you do the research and you look at scripture and you start putting the pieces of the puzzle together, it just you know you you are able to see that there is a plan, a very a very perfect plan that's been laid out to bring us to the day in which we are now living. And it amazes me every day that there's always a little bit more uh, piece of the puzzle that's getting closer and closer together. So where I first started out putting the pieces together. There was a big puzzle left on my table, and I had the, the bracket of a puzzle. If you think about doing a, a puzzle or with a million pieces or whatever, and I could get the outline of it, and then I had to start filling in the center of it. And where we are now, it's that I've been able to fill the center more and more and more. So, in other words, the sides of the puzzle are getting closer and closer together from all four sides. And, you know, you're waiting for that final one piece that just goes in the puzzle and you know that the whole thing's ready to be what it's supposed to be. And those days are really among, I mean, we are among the end of days in such a way that I, I see happiness in it because I'm a Christian and I know that Jesus Christ is going to return and that there's going to be what I truly believe is a catching away. And then the, Armaged- the Battle of Armageddon, of course, will will follow after all of that. But the, the thing about it, if you're a Christian, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some major suffering. We, we've only touched the surface of how bad it, it's going to get. Because if you look back just three years ago when we first started with these plagues and they were getting closer and closer together, some of the plagues like the Ebola and Marburg, things of that nature, and we were start, first starting to find out about all that, and then we had the major plague that really, I think, really stepped us into where we are today, and that is into the tribulation period. And you look at how the sustainability of Earth is right now, and you can clearly see that we are in dire, dire situations. And it's not something that's going to go away. And that was one thing that I used to be asked. They'd say, well, you know, Dr. Joy, when is things going to get back to normal? 
when we stepped over into the latest pandemic, there was no going back. At that point in time, I told even my closest friends, there's no way to return to where we once were because I've been studying this so long that I was waiting for the time that I would be able to see that we were absolutely on a course of end game, and we are there. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in um, somebody being able to pinpoint the day, the hour, of when the end of days is going to be. And I will tell you that Scripture does not give us a day or an hour. I cannot say that on October the 30th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon that the rapture is going to happen or that the Armageddon would happen. But Scripture does tell us that you, as a watchman on the wall, and you know these signs like I know these signs, it says you will know the seasons, and we all know that in, in a 12-month uh, period, we have four seasons. And clearly, there are signs that let us know when fall is, is upon us, when winter is upon us, when spring is upon us, and when summer is upon us. Clearly, we are in the end of days, and we are in the tribulation period. And some of the things that you brought up tonight, John, are very significant because these are the final pieces of what I've been looking for for a long time to start happening and I think clearly one of the the major things is the wars rumors of wars and things of that nature and right now the United States has always been the power that everybody kind of cowed down to and we had control as a nation of Christians and that has completely changed America is no longer the Christian nation that it was once built on nor the ideals and the um the Constitution by which we go by and which was formed based on uh, God's ideals and biblical prophecy, I mean, biblical principles, it has completely changed itself into a nation out of control. It reminds me so much of reading as a young girl about the Roman Empire and how wonderfully great it was and how it crumbled from within. And so seeing that happen now, it's quite evident that Putin and uh, Russia, and then, of course, China, that these people are very intelligent. Um, the leaders of these countries are very, very intelligent. They're not, um, unfortunately, old and, and decrepit and making unwise choices. And it's like anybody knows, when when you have been um, second in line or third in line to world power, and you see the number one power starting to be crippled and falling apart within when our military is more interested in trying to figure out who needs to be wearing a skirt and which one needs to wear a pair of pants and should, you know, men go in women's bathrooms when they claim to be a woman and vice versa. When our mind is focused on everything that is not scriptural, you know, our our stand has always been that we were a Bible-believing country and that as long as we were that way, that God was going to protect us. He did his people that way all through Scripture. He protected his chosen. He protected those that stood by him and believed in him. But America is no longer like that. And so our adversaries are sitting perched, just like vultures, watching us totally to make the wrong decisions and get us when we are not paying as much attention. And clearly, China has far outseated our ability in the naval aspect of our Navy. Um, they, they are so much more advanced. Even their military, separated as men and women, look like marching robots. And literally, they wouldn't have to fire a shot. They can land on our country, in our country, just in California, a bunch of them, and jump off the, their boats and ships and out of planes or whatever. And they could literally, because they are so in tune to... Um, 
fighting with their hands. They could literally take over that state in a matter of no time without having to fire a shot. I fully believe that they have the capability just looking at their um, military and looking at how proficient they are in hand-to-hand combat and how they manifest as as warriors. We do not have that capability um, to fight something that literally is almost robotic. And if you watch them, they look robotic. The other thing is, is with Putin, many people have always said, well, he's just crazy, he's whatever. And I'm like, I've studied Putin. Putin is a KGB. He was he was in very brilliant. He's brilliant. He is brilliant. He is not an idiot. The other thing is, is that he has capability. He's just been playing with Ukraine. I mean, people say, oh, you know, they're 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 winning the war. Uh, Ukraine's coming back, and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And what bothered me from the very get-go was the guy that was the president of Ukraine really was an actor. And we've already seen that played out here in the United States where we've had serious consequences and school shootings and things of that nature in which actors were hired, and they were on TV. And people clearly identified them as being character actors. We saw that even in the mobs and all the just tearing down of statues and all kinds of things that people were being brought in from other areas and then they were given an assignment to do this, this, and this and got paid for it. But people thought that it was just, you know, Americans rioting, and it was definitely not that. And, of course, when I did my book, uh, Eating the Knowledge, Good and Evil 666, I was already noting that places like Egypt and things like that where their presidents were not wanting to go to a um, central bank and they wanted to stay separate from the central banks, that in those countries um, there was groups of people brought in to make it look like that the local people were unhappy with their government. And what was happening, and I noted even back then, that's been years ago, that they noted that the people that were brought in were all carrying the same kind of cell phone and also a certain color of a towel so they could identify themselves in mass numbers if they got mixed in with, say, a crowd of people. When you get that that dog-eat-dog mentality, and especially if you think about one dog out in in a yard, it's not a problem, but you let a pack of dogs get in a yard, and then those pack of dogs can do a lot of damage. The same thing with mob mentality. Uh, psychologically, anybody that knows how to control a group of people, if you get a group of people in there all agreeing on something, whether it be something terrible that most people would not do maybe by themselves, but you get 10 or 15, 20 people saying, oh, we can do this, we can do this, and you get them to go after that, the other people will follow. They will they will really uh, go in, steal, break things, do whatever, because the other group's doing it. So they figure, well, if they're doing it, I can do it. It's, it's mob mentality. And so the psychological aspect of what we're seeing happen is that we are being controlled. And that was one thing that I had always worried about uh, from the time I started doing this work was that there would come a time upon this earth where people would not stop and look at the truth as what was truth. They would be caught up in something and not paying attention to what really was right before their eyes. And Scripture had always told us that when we get to these end of days, that you're not able to tell the truth from the lie. Not being able to tell the truth from the lie is a very serious situation because we have always, when I grew up, I mean, most anybody that told you something, they were pretty much telling you the truth. Even if somebody told you something on the news, they would come back and give some kind of retraction 
and make sure people understood that they had given the wrong information. So people were not really trying to fool anybody. Today, it's a constant thing of fake news. You can't tell who's telling the truth. And so when you add that psychological, what I think is a tool of warfare uh, against the nation, against the world, it's worked quite well. It's It's worked with the mob mentality. It's worked with the ability to make us believe, like you were saying earlier, we haven't been told the truth about what really is going on with Putin. I never felt like that the Putin war with Ukrainian people was something that was going to escalate into anything more than him trying to stop uh, the production of gas and not allowing the gas uh, to be utilized from that area. And right now with England and France going in probably the worst winters that they've ever had because everything is becoming historical. I mean, our winters are becoming more colder than they've ever been, more snow, more um, uh, torrential situations happening with those things with, um, you know, even even the uh, tornadoes and, and all the things that will go along with weather patterns and the changes in the weather patterns. They're all getting worse. And so doesn't it seem weird that right when everything else is falling apart, we've got somebody that's going to be able to keep gas you know, the natural gases and things from that particular areas of the country. And so they're even estimating that it's going to be a lot of deaths because of that over in France and England. The, the interesting thing is, is that there, you know, I've been doing research because I'm, I'm trying to do a new book, and, it, and I'm, by the time I think I've got everything, that something else happens. And that's one of the things with the work that I do. It's changing so much, and I'm thinking I don't want to, you know, get this book finished because I want to add this and I want to add that because it's just more pieces to the puzzle that you can clearly see the way things are happening. And and I know on your show, John, that you don't have enough hours in the day to per, really to give credence to everything that's happening out there because there's so much happening. You can't hardly keep it up. And when I first started doing this, you know, it might be, like I said, a piece here and a piece there that may take a year, two years for you to even find those pieces to fit in the puzzle. But now it's, it's an every day, every second kind of thing going on. So the fact that um, that Putin really has made note that the Kazarian Jews were in the Ukrainian areas over there and that that Ukraine was set up to kind of help out with an Israeli situation of over um, population of the Kazarians. A lot of people don't realize about how the the the, the bio weapons kind of labs were put over there in an area that didn't have intelligent people and I'm like, why are those things there? There's got to be a little connection. And when you start really looking at the process of what's really going on, which we're not being told, is that there is something in Putin's back door that he doesn't want there. So he's been playing with them and utilizing his capability and power because he can hurt uh, other people by that little bit of war going on. The problem is, is if you really look at all these years, we've been scared to death, the Russians. I mean, ever since the the Cold War began, and after you know, after we got Germany kind of situated, and we were on the they were on our side. We were all working together against Germany, and I, I find it very interesting that you mentioned earlier about the Aryan kind of race. I mean, you know that um, Germans were after the uh, the Aryan race and to make it where. Um, there was a unique breed of people, and I do find it very interesting when you were talking about Nor- Norwegians being blonde hair and blue eyes. I have to be careful because I'm blonde hair and blue eyed, but um, it's not meaning everybody is like that. 
the fact that there's a twin city down in South America that all those people are twins, and we know that Mingle went down there, that they really took most of the um, the scientists and things under Hitler that were really engaged in what I would say was, you know, a lot of um, reproductive kinds of things, um, you know, uh, artificial insemination and things of that nature, trying to figure out how do you create beings that are all the same, cloned, and that they all have the same traits. And so if you look at Twin City down there and you, the movie Boys from Brazil that Gregory Peck was in, he played that scientist that went down there and and clearly was artificially inseminating women, and they were having blonde hair and blue-eyed children, and they were twins. So the fact that these Norwegian areas have got a lot of that, yes, there could be some of the same experiments that were a part of that that went in those areas, but it can also be, like you mentioned, that the Philistines and all that that was part of um, the, the land of Canaan that they went into those areas as well. Anytime you find people that are not really engaged in Christianity or the knowledge of Christianity, you always see that there could be a a slight indication that those are serpent areas. And because of this work that I've done in the serpent lineage, which is a real thing, it's not conspiracy theory at all, that those traits on some of this stuff really do manifest in certain races. But at the same time, knowing that uh, Germany, especially Hitler, was really engaged in wanting to produce an Aryan race. And and clearly they all kind of look alike. So that, that would be an interesting thing if we had scientists that we could hire and say, look, we'd like to do a DNA sampling and, and determine, you know, are the people from Twin City in South America any connection to the, the those areas that you were talking about? But but going back, even when they did some of the DNA testing over in Israel, what they found out is the majority of people over there were Kazarian Jews and not the Sephardic Jews of which Jesus is from. And so there's clearly other people running the... Um, the promised land other than God's chosen people. And then you've got the lost tribes like Ephraim and Manasseh that I've done research on, and it clearly shows that some of those people are in the, went into the British Isles and also into America. So we may be more Jewish than we know what we are uh, as far as being from the pure Hebraic tribes of uh, before there was such thing as something called a Jew. We would be from the pure Hebraic tribes. And so those are the real chosen people, the people that mingled and mixed with um, the Babylonians and whatever became the Kazarian Jews, and the Sephardic Jews typically stayed pure to what was they pure Hebrew. And I go through a lot of detail in that in my books, Eden, the Knowledge of Good and Evil, and my Beguile series, because I wanted people to understand that the term Jew only came about because there was not a word for a race of people when the Hebrews mingled with the Babylonians and had a child. So they had to come up with a name of a race from that mixture. So that's where you get the term Jew. So if anybody's not understanding about the difference in Jews, there's a major difference in them and the Hebraic, the tribes that came out uh, from uh, Jacob's uh, 12 sons. So going back and looking at this situation where we're looking at Putin and, and his power, I think that he's quite concerned that it's because they're in Jews. And there was a a time that I read some work that was done by a man named Tex Mars years ago. 
And he really believed that Kazarian Empire was all up through there. And if it is, then that Putin may be, and his people may be more like you and I here in the United States. And that we may have a connection much greater than anybody has ever said. But, but again, before we put Hitler down, you know, all those people in, those, in Russia were, we were all buddies as far as allies. And then after um, Germany fell, and then those um, scientists were taken off and, and some put uh, in, actually gotten out of the country east of the Vatican. And people get really anxious about that, but that's exactly what happened. They dressed their uh, scientists up in robes of priests and evacuated them from Germany right up under everybody's noses as priests to get those top scientists out and about and not to ever have to pay for any crime of evil um, and sexual, you know, reproduction kinds of things that were used and done on uh, on what I believe were truly Hebraic lineages. Because when you go back and you find that the Rothschilds had been picked up during that time, and then Hitler let them go because they were Kazarians. So Hitler was not imprisoning Kazarian Jews. He was letting Kazarian Jews go that it ended up really... Um, running the, the the country of Israel. So when you when you look at that and you see that the only people he was really killing was Christians and Sephardic Jews are true Hebraic pure lineages is all that Hitler was killing. He was not after the Kazarian. So because of that and the fact that he got the scientists out and about the way he did with use of the Vatican and the Pope and all that supporting all of that without most people being aware of it, and then us taking um, under Project Paperclip, us taking the scientists that that clearly uh, Von Braun and those guys that came over and we gave them access to our um, rocketry program through NASA, and then, the, of course, the Russian, Russian cosmonaut program that took the rest of them. So we separated the scientists, and then all of a sudden, you know, we began to get in this what we call a space race. And then all of a sudden we get into this thing that Russia's bad guys and, and we're the good guys. And so looking back at the genetic lineages, I'm like, why would they be separating us like this if we are DNA more pure to each other than anything else in the world, but they've got us all separated? There has clearly been a plan to do exactly what they've been doing, and that was to keep us separated from Russia, afraid of Russia, Russia, afraid of China. It was it was a master plan. And now, because evil controls all aspects of this globe, and it has when Jesus was here and, and, and Satan took him up into the mountain areas and said, look, you know, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. He's got to worship me. And, of course, Jesus was like, you know, you don't tempt this, you know, you don't tempt God. You don't do these kinds of things. You've got to answer to God. And of course, we know that Jesus even said before Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. So the fact that Satan is the power over the air and over the kingdoms, that means every kingdom being run today has got the core, at its core, evil. So even though we say we're the good guys and they're the bad guys, it's like I think I said one time, maybe on a show that we did before, it's like the Harry Potter thing. You've got Harry Potter doing white magic, and you've got the, the other guys uh, dressed in black being the, the bad guys. Or like the Wizard of Oz, where you've got the Wicked Witch of the West, 
who's the bad witch, and you've got the, the, the good witch of the north. They're both witches. They're both part of the same seed, meaning that we commoners are being corralled in countries, making us believe we are this or we are that, we're the good ones, they're the bad ones, when the core of what's running the world in every country is at the same core of evil, whether it looks like it's a white evil or a black evil, where we can say, well, the United States is the white guys on the white horses and Putin's the, you know, the 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 guy on the black horse and he's the mean guy. It's not the case. At the core of it all is evil. And that's why at the end of days when you get to the Battle of Armageddon, all these countries, the European bloc uh, being led by the the Antichrist along with the Asian bloc, which will come against him. I mean, it's going to all escalate to the point there in Israel in, in, in Ar- at the Battle of Armageddon for the purpose of going after something. And that's this is the thing that I've always wondered what is it that's going to be in that area that everybody is going to need and everybody is going to want. And so now that we've seen that the war is escalating, that we should all be friends. I mean, we we have a space program up there in the sky, but we've got Russians and Japanese and Chinese and all the guys up there together working together up there in space, but we can't work together here on Earth. There's something very strange about that, very, very, very strange about it. And for some reason, it's keeping everybody against each other for the purpose of doing what? To make war, to keep the rumors of war. And clearly, China is going to go after Taiwan. If China goes after Taiwan and Russia escalates to the point that we know they're escalating, the United States doesn't have the capability with our allies to fight two wars, our major war like we did in World War II. We, we don't have the capability of doing that again. And the other countries just don't have the capability to help or be with us and help us in that situation. So you're going to end up with European blocs and Asian blocs, and those people are going to get more in tune to not exporting, not importing, and only what you have available in your country can you keep. We're seeing that now because our shelves, like you're talking about, these shipping containers mm-hmm. out there are are just not there's nothing in them, and the ones that do have something in them, the stuff that's already expired, and it's already this thing that I think places like there was talk about places at Walmart that that they were changing the expiration dates on things, and people have talked about that they bought things and it was old and they didn't understand when the expiration date was so and so. They could easily be doing that because they're going to lose everything. Just think of the length of time that we didn't have anything moving in this country. So. You you look at Putin's capability. We know he's very capable. We know that he's got major sub submarines that have these these uh, atomic uh, drones on there. That clearly, you know, he's been right up here on the Georgia coast many times. The submarines sitting right off right out from us, and and they're in those international waters, and they can be in those international waters. Well, if they've got a drone capability, they say they surface drop the drones out of the top of the. Um, submarine, and they're on top of us in seconds. And and clearly, we could not stop that fast enough if there was enough coming out. So if you have a double whammy from China at the same time, and they do this, they they would be able to do a lot of damage before we would be capable of doing anything. So the fact that we're looking at nuclear war. Where you know where something's going to happen because scripture tells us that in the in the days that the people's skin dissolves 
their, their tongues dissolve in their mouth. That is nuclear war. So we're, we are on the verge of that happening. We're on the verge of food becoming less and less scarce. And if you've been in, in stores lately, even when Ian came so close, uh, even up, I know it was closer to you down there, but we were thinking it was coming up in this area. And they, you went to Walmart, and I mean, everything was sold out. Well, it's taken them since Ian hit down there now to just get some things back in the store here in Douglas. It still doesn't have the, the stock in there that they need. So let's just say something major happens, and they can't replenish a little bit from a little hurricane that was just, you know, at first it was nothing, and then it became a major situation. Um, clearly, we can't even determine how bad hurricanes are going to be. I mean, the loss of life in that area down there should have never happened, but they, they make it they make people believe it's not going to be as bad as it's going to be, and people think they can ride it out. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse, and we do not have the surplus. Uh, you mentioned it about the turkeys. The fact that avian flu has been just ravishing the turkey, the chicken industry, the birds. I mean, it is a major thing in this country. I think a couple of months ago, we might have mentioned it on your show, there was over a billion turkeys and birds that died. I mean, a billion? That's a lot of animals. And then you add the loss of the cattle industry out in the southwest because of no water, Lake Powell, Lake Mead, the Colorado River, all that area is getting lower and lower and lower. And so when I started looking at where where are we headed in that we have we're getting to the point that milk is going to become scarce because milk you've got to have cows. If you're not replacing the cows, we've got meat right now. But as you know, if you go down and have a steak somewhere, you know if you get out of that restaurant with less than eighty dollars, you're going to be doing good for two people. And so you know you look at Charles Schwab, and you look at I mean Klaus Schwab, and um, the World Economic Forum, and you look at. Um, uh, gates and all them buying up all the land and then they're putting these facilities on there where they're going to clone and culture meat for you to eat and then the fact that uh, the World um, Health Organization the World Economic Forum uh, and all the sustainability goals they're saying oh yeah but we want people to learn how to eat worms and now they have some of the biggest factories going up where they're growing worms I mean they're growing like insects for the purpose for you to be able to eat those things because they can be produced in mass quantities. So, you know, frying a cricket is kind of like the big thing now, or a grasshopper. I mean, it's kind of like these things are becoming very real issues of things that we never thought would happen, and it's, it's come fast, and it's being promoted fast. So we've got the wars and rumors of wars where if, if we look at who's, in, who's at play, us, China, and Russia, we've got the major nuclear stuff. And right now, you know, um, Biden and Putin have been at each other and the United Nations, threat of nuclear war. These are things that we have not seen happen in a very, 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 you know, long time here in America. I guess the Cuban Missile Crisis was probably, and when I was a little girl, was probably the closest thing to kind of be similar to what, what we're kind of dealing with now, except on a much greater scale. So we're seeing that, and then we're seeing the fact that our food is running out, and we don't have enough food, and our oceans are dying. I mean, clearly, 
there's parts of our oceans where nothing, there's nothing even growing on the bottom. There's no coral reefs. There's no fish. There's no plankton. There's no algae. There's nothing except toxic algae floating around because we're, we don't have anywhere to dump our trash. So what have we been doing with all these big cruise ships and all that? Everybody's poop, and you know what? Food and everything else has been put off the ships right out into the water. And then the trash has been pushed out there in the water. So much so that that along with all the fertilizers that we've used with these phosphates are producing this algae. And as, as, our, as our water warms up, it makes this algae grow. And this algae is toxic. And, you know, I started writing about this in my first book that I um, uh, published back in 1999, and people thought I was like I had lost it. But I was seeing that the estuaries up in North Carolina were running into problems with the chicken and the hog industry from the runoff of these phosphates and uh, the excretions from these particular plants. And it was ending up in estuaries, and the estuaries were producing something called adenoflagellate. And what was happening, it was like almost half um, animal and half plant. And what would happen was it would cause a toxic bloom and then all the fish would die. And so they didn't want anybody to know about it. And there was a couple of scientists that went up there trying to figure it out. And they just really made them into like they were idiots. But some of those people there, they're trying to figure out what's going on actually died from the toxic um, uh, exposure that they got from the toxic algae. And um, they they tried to ruin the scientists because what they knew was going to kill the fishing industry in the area. So they were willing. I mean, this is our government officials. We're willing to let people swim in that water, fish in that water, and eat out of that water knowing that it was toxic. They clearly knew it was a toxic. And how I knew that was when I did the research on it, I found out that our military had been out there trying to get pieces of it to turn it into a type of gas that they could use um, like a toxic gas that you could be used like in a subway system and things of that nature. So they were clearly aware that those toxic blooms were were things that would affect you neurologically and could be released and kill people instantly. I mean, not even give them a chance to even make it out of the subway. You would just go into these shakes and tremors and then boom, you'd be dead just like if you spray a cockroach with Raid. I mean, the same kind of situation. You spray him and he's sitting there kicking and neurologically it's killing. So um, I saw that, and this was back in 1999. And clearly, now our oceans, where the estuaries were getting on, they're clearly our oceans that way. And the manatees down in Florida were having significant die-offs because they didn't have any plants on up in, even in, into the areas where they were feeding uh, uh, down, in, down in Florida. So then you see the sharks all along the coast and the shark attacks and them all the way up into the cold water where never before were they supposed to be up there feeding and doing whatever. But then you've got the ice poles, you know, uh, melting and you see that the water is getting warmer and then the days are getting really hotter and then you're having the weather patterns get so much more intense. And then, of course, it's not raining. It's not raining in a lot of places. And so... Your major water systems, like I was mentioning out in the southwest, are completely drying up. And so then you look down in South America, and uh, a river that's down there that's almost as big as Amazon is almost dry. And then over in the Middle East, there's all kinds of Euphrates, you know, 
it's drying up. And, of course, it says that at the end of days that somebody's going to go across the Euphrates because it's dried up. Well, they had built a dam there, but now they're, they're just dry. And so you start seeing that in the Middle East. The other thing is it's all of their waters turning to salt. And clearly, if anybody knows anything about the Dead Sea, there's nothing in there. It's dead because it's too salty. So everything over in that area is turning to salt. So who has got the number one thing to change salt water back into supposedly drinkable water? Yes, guess who it is? It's Israel. So there is, uh, I was doing some research the other day because I was wanting to know where we were at as far as the water issues were concerned because, you know, we can go without food and we can eat worms and we can eat, you know, uh, leaves off the trees and whatever, some some things we can pick and choose out in the forest and eat and maybe survive. But this one thing that we can't go more than three days without, and that's water. We cannot live without water. And so that is going to be, I think, the issue that I've been trying to figure out. What's going to be the major issue at the very end that people have got to have and, and people are willing to kill nations and countries over it would be water and you know the globalist really cabal really thinks that climate change is actually the number one threat to humanity but what it really totals around is that mankind and every living thing on this planet is that we're giving out of potable water and potable water means clear, fresh, clean, drinkable, that can sustain life. Because really right now, our water is so polluted, and that was one of the things that I was really looking at, how polluted is our groundwater. And I began to see that the aquifers that we usually have underground that replenish our water over time because it's it's cleaned as it drains through from the ground, you know, from the top of the ground through the rain and it goes into these aquifers, it really gives us the water that we, you know, we drill down to and get our well water. Well, what's happening is, is those groundwater aquifers are rapidly depleting. You don't hear this even being talked about, but they're rapidly actually depleting. So... We're seeing water scarcity. We're going to see higher prices on water. Um, and then you've got where land, you know, it, there's no water down there in aquifers. And we're starting to see, like, sinkholes and land just falling in, these big holes everywhere, because there's no water under the dirt to hold the land back up. So I think what we're going to get into is that the world's remaining water supply has become really so contaminated that we don't have a lot of water left to drink, much less bathe in or keep, like, our infrastructure going. Uh, and that means, like, washing your clothes and washing your body and, and hospitals and flushing your toilets. I mean, there's just a lot of things that water is really, really used for. So... I uh, wanted to find out which was really the, the, the number one thing. And when I found out, like in September of, of, of this year, that they were already saying that E. coli was contaminating most all these aged water pipes in any place that had like wastewater treatment plants. They were even finding um, 
the the pandemic virus in these things, and, and and it was really really bad. And then there was toxic arsenic levels, which were rendering I think I think it was in New York that they they couldn't even drink it. It was unsafe to drink the tap water because it had arsenic in it. And so then you know the fact that we've had flooding in some areas, and once you have major flooding. Uh, it just even with the hurricane went through there and, and, and contaminates all the groundwater and any kind of running water, then your tap water becomes a major, major problem. Well, if you look at that and if it's, um, you know, you get people like the World Health Organization saying more than likely about 2 billion people are already drinking contaminated water with feces in it. And clearly, in some areas, you know, in Africa and some of the more poor, poorer countries, there, it's contributing to, really to thousands of people dying from, you know, diseases just, you know, from um, throwing up and diarrhea and that kind of stuff that would typically not kill somebody in, in a place like America. But when you've got it so prominent in the water system, it's just killing people right and left, but nobody's really, like, keeping up with the numbers like they ought to, or either they're not publishing like I guess they should. And then, you know, a long time ago, um, it was really noted, because my father was a farmer for years and years, that when we grew crops, you know, there was a level of how much you could use, like, toxic chemicals on something to kill, you know, bugs, insects, whatever, or even uh, to uh, dust crops with or whatever. And so they started limiting the things that we could use, but yet they would go outside the country. And in these third world countries, these companies would, you know, put in their plants to um, to have for, let's say, vegetables and fruits and whatever. And because they were in a third world country, that country would not uh, stop them from using toxic pollutants. You know, we're, we're in the United States. Uh, my father couldn't have used those uh, chemicals. So that meant that the price of the farmer in America, when they sold, let's just say, an orange because of the cost of what they were having to use, then when they had to fight against oranges being brought in, let's say, from South America or, or some other country, those those oranges would, could be less cost, but it's because they could use all those toxic chemicals and their, their product looked better. It didn't appear to be as maybe uh, infestated uh, with whatever, and then the fact that nobody was really had a you know you had a hen house that wasn't being really guarded, and so the people bringing the stuff into America and selling to us from foreign countries was literally more toxic than the ones that we ourselves were uh, making sure that our farmers couldn't use those particular pollutants. Well. What's happened now? Because all those country, you know, people went down there from, let's say, from our country and other countries to go to these third world developed countries and and grow their crops and do all this stuff with these bad chemicals. What they're finding out now is that those countries that allow those people in there to make all that money using all these toxic chemicals are now having problems because their countries are major hazardous you know, water pollutants of, like, arsenic, fluoride, nitrates, pharmaceutical drugs, pesticides. I mean, you name it. They're they're eat up in these third world countries. So now we've got, you know, no one that's not subject 
to some major complications with their water. And then the fact that you've got wastewater and these sewage plants are being dumped into, you know, these bay areas. And I hate to say it, when I when I found out the other day that they were saying that about 80% of the global wastewater is actually being released into our in, our environment untreated. In other words, we have, you know, treatment plants in all these cities and your sewage goes into a treatment plant before it's like put out into the, the streams or whatever. They're estimating, and this is terrible, they're estimating 80% of global wastewater is being released into the environment untreated. Well, now, if that's the case, then you, you're it makes no difference what you try to say that we can continue in the route that we're going. We can't. It doesn't matter how we can say, well, oh, we're not going to worry about this and we're not going to worry about that, or we can sustain this and we can sustain that. We're not being told the truth. And that was one thing you mentioned earlier, John, is that the truth's not being told to us. So we're sitting here, sitting ducks, not realizing how bad things are getting. And, and, I know that you know this, but, you know, there's like tens of thousands of, you know, all kinds of fish that wash up all the time. And when they do the toxic review of the fish, they're finding that the die-offs of all these major fish in the ocean are from toxic algae blooms that's actually been triggered by this nitrogen and phosphorus that's in uh the fertilizers and the pollutants in our in our feces and urine. I mean, it's terrible. And then you know, there's all this neurotoxic compounds like I'm I'm talking about in that harmful algae bloom, and it completely depletes the water of any oxygen. So, like I say, there's no life there. there there's nothing where life can be sustained. There's no way to keep it or make it any different. So, you know, when you look at that, and then you, th- you know, they, you kept saying, we're going to come up with something that will be able to take the phosphorus and wastewater, and then that will reduce the risk of algae blooms. Well, they're already re- putting 80% of our wastewater out of these treatment plants into the natural environment without anything being done. If they're telling people that they're coming up with stuff, well, it's a little bit too late because right now the United Nations has already said, if we don't get this under control like right now, 2030 is like it. And that's one of the things that I've mentioned on your show before about Prince William being so involved with his uh, Earthshot prizes, trying to figure out a way to save planet Earth before 2030. Because we literally are getting into such situations that we can't sustain life. I mean, it's dying all around us, and our shelves are going to become even more empty. And as we escalate and people don't export and import and then, um, you know, the hyperinflation that's going on right now with our country is getting worse and worse. And then you start adding the problem with the gas prices that you were mentioning earlier that with Saudi Arabia. And it, see, we thought, we, we, we believed that Saudi Arabia and those countries over in the Middle East had plenty of oil supply. We really were led to believe. I don't, I mean, the people that run the show knew, but they, they made us all believe. We've always got resources that we will never run out. Clearly, 
we don't have those resources anymore. And Saudi Arabia doesn't have the oil that they made the world believe they had. So when that supply becomes nil and void, then you've got a situation where everything runs on this stuff. And my concern has always been that because of our water and the way that we generate electricity, if our water starts running out, then our nuclear power plants don't have water. Well, that's a real big problem. And then what happens if the electricity grid does go? The only thing they can revert to is electromagnetic energy, which was Tesla's energy that I always said could have been used to begin with, and it would have been something that we all could have used and wouldn't cost us a dime. But they'll throw us into that electromagnetic energy. If they do, then the intent of putting us into artificial intelligence and connecting our DNA to artificial intelligence, they will control us through electromagnetic ways. And so the book that I'm doing now is, is, is really showing that that's where we're headed, to be robotically controlled. And as many of the masses of people that can be depopulated through the climate changes that they say are happening, which is clearly the lack of having food and water and more viruses, just like you're talking about the Ebola situation. I mean, the people, the reason those people are running from those hospitals is because the natural way of killing Ebola in the past was to surround the community and everybody died. In other words, if, if somebody got sick in a certain community, they surrounded that little community with people to shoot anybody leaving. I don't care if you had it or you didn't have it. If you tried to leave, they shot you. Then they burned the area to get rid of that virus. So those people down there in Africa know that if they don't get out of there and get away, that they're going to be killed to get rid of the problem. The problem is when they run out in the communities and give it to everybody, and, of course, Marburg and Ebola, you know, those are, are blood-related um, uh, diseases that literally make you bleed from the inside out. In other words, all your internal organs turn to mush, and you literally bleed out. And if a person were to get on a plane, let's say, with 200 people and fly with them, every, bird, every person on that plane would die within hours after being exposed to that kind of stuff. So it, it, it's one of those things that there's getting to be no place to run, no place to hide. And the Antichrist wants everything where he can control it without having us be able to get away from him, to buy civil trade. And right now we're there. Right now we are in we are. that corralling situation. We are. Yeah, we're surrounded. As a matter of fact, uh, while you were talking, it's an um, interesting coincidence that my uh, ex-wife sent me a um, two photographs of the local Walmart superstore and the dairy section looked to be about maybe 20% full, 20. Oh, we didn't, um, we didn't have that much in our local empty. one. We didn't have that much. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, hard and very hard to believe because it it just is. Um, it, you know, to your point, it's not a matter of not having enough time to restock or any of that. It's a matter of stock. There's an absence of stock. Exactly. Otherwise, they'd already be pulled back up again. Yeah, because I've been through you know what twelve hurricanes in the last 
37 years. So I, I know exactly how it works, and I know exactly how fast they fill, they fill the shelves up almost. I would say about after the hurricane leaves and everybody empties all the shelves, maybe, you know, once everything calms down and um, the weather looks, you know, and the trucks can come in, you're probably talking about at the very most two or three days before they have everything back up to its normal stock level, and it isn't even close. Um, what was the name? What is the name of the new book that you're working on? I'm working on one that's going to be about the pineal gland. I haven't decided on the exact title yet, um, but I'm thinking it will have something to do with the mark of the beast. So it will have something kind of like that for the for that. But it's going to it's going to explain what I was talking about um, the connection to your DNA and how our biofields of our DNA can connect through this electromagnetic energy. So I feel like all of this is all coming together so perfectly right oh, before yeah. our eyes, and it's scary. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, the, the the foundations have already been laid in, in millions and millions of people across the world, and it's, and it's, it's so shame because it's like eugenics plus preparation plus, yes. you know, it's always like 50 things they're doing at one time, and... Yeah, it's just awful. I don't know. I, it's rough. But anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Would you close with a prayer for us, please? Yes, Father. I always ask in Jesus' mighty name that people really, if you've listened to this and you want to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to save you and just um, and just really surrender your life to him because right now that is the only way that you can be assured that we you will win in the end is to be on his side. And I always like to to kind of close with the Lord's Prayer. So if you will, if you'll just bow your heads and we'll say the, the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. And um, also share with everybody, if you would, um, where where else they can get more resources from you, get in contact with you about the books. You know, I I know that you do, you know, and ask me anything, what you call it, the AMA show and everything. And uh, if you would share with people where they can go to hear that, what the times are um, as well. Okay. And then we'll say good night. And uh, I'll be in Phoenix, folks, for the rest of the week starting on Tuesday. Uh, so I just don't know if I'll be able to get a show, a, a best of show up on Wednesday or not so bear with me but anyway yeah please do uh joy share with folks you know where they can get more information and join your amas and things like that okay uh you can go to my website it's www.drjoy d-r-j-o-y-e it's joy with an e d-r-j-o-y-e.com and uh that's my web page and you can um you know, connect to my books and my music. I'll just click on links and it'll take you to the publisher and you can purchase the books and stuff like that through them. And then also I have a submission form on the on that uh, website that you can fill out if you've got any question or you'd like to submit a question that will be answered on my Dr. Joyce Ask Me Anything show. And that show happens once a month. It's at the actually on the last Monday night of every month from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. 
And uh, if you will Facebook me, it, and my Facebook page is Joy, J-O-Y-E. The last name is Pew. It's spelled P as in Paul, U-G-H. And if you will friend me there, then you can keep up with when I'm going to be on radio shows and when I'm doing the AMAs, and you can listen to the shows. I'll post the links, like, for example, tonight's show is on my Facebook page, and you can click onto it and re-listen to it. The same thing with my AMA shows and any other radio shows that I do will be on there. But I love doing the AMA, and I love for people to submit questions. If I take any kind of question, it doesn't. it's not limited to just um, just just my books it's, it can be any question that you have i mean I, I really like answering a lot of questions because my work kind of is in every discipline so it's not too much for me to get really some really interesting questions and i love answering a variety of different types of questions uh and and like i say the easiest way to keep up with me or to private message me is through uh joy pew for facebook and so those are the things that I do the most. And then, of course, if you're interested in me being on a radio show that you have, you just you know contact me the same way using the uh, submission form there at my web at my web page. Or if you're interested in me speaking or doing anything with a conference, the same way. If you'll just contact me through that and submit that to me through that form that's on my my web page, will be great. I love doing this work with you, John. I appreciate everything you do to allow me to talk about my research. And um, I hope and pray that everyone that's listening and will listen to the broadcast in the future, my biggest thing is to make you think about your soul because your soul is your greatest asset. So I want you to choose wisely because it lives forever, either in a good place or either in a bad place. And so it's real important to me for you to make the right choice. And I pray that if you've got any questions and don't understand about something, please uh, send me a message and let me help you find the true way of what God intended for his children to be, and that's in paradise with him forever. There's only two places to go. There's no other place. It's either heaven or hell. And your soul is going to live forever in a very, very resurrected mortal immortal body that is forever and never will be destroyed because it will be from going from a mortal body into an immortal body and that soul and your spirit and your body stays like it is it's like you forever but you'll either live in paradise or in hell and i i really want you to realize that there's nothing greater to you than your soul and it is your greatest asset. So if you've got any questions or got pulled down a rabbit hole or you don't believe in this or don't believe in that and you just really want to know more, I don't mind any kind of questions. I, I get questions from all over the world, people really searching, trying to find out what the truth is. And I will promise you that the books that I do, I try to give you the truth straight up. I don't powder it up. I try to give it to you straight up because I want you to make the right choice. And the right choice is to choose Jesus Christ. Well said. Praise God. Thank you, Dr. Joy. As always, I love doing the shows with you and Zen. And um, and uh, uh, I'm already, you know, I always like looking forward to the programs, um, you know, in advance. It's absolutely my favorite. And I, I just wanted to say thank you so much again for joining us tonight. Uh, what a blessing. Powerful. Can't wait for the next program. Um, and, uh, and, and, and again, I did send a thanks to, to Zen and told him, you know, to be safe. And we'll see him on the next program. But anyway... 
which will be exactly one month from now. But anyway, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're at Sunday, October the 9th. Uh, this Wednesday, I will be in Phoenix for my job. Uh, I'll try to get a Best Stuff show up if I can. Uh, might be a little tricky this week. It's in, insanely busy, and the journey from Tampa to that post-pandemic journey from Tampa to Phoenix is uh, it's absolutely awful. <laughs> I'm just going to be frank with you. It's 10 hours in a plane, and you got to you know go to Chicago and then run for like a, forever, like a quarter mile, and it's crazy stuff. So anyway, God bless you all. We'll see you if you know in person uh, this Friday, uh, 7 p.m. Lord willing, uh, at the Friday night prayer vigil. God bless you all for joining us tonight. Thank you, Joy. Love you. Love you too. Take care. God bless you. Lord, we come to you with repentant heart. We seek you with all our might. Sinners that the mercy of grace, redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.